This is The Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. Vans, the king of shoes, killing shit since 1966, son. Couldn't have said it better myself, Omar. D. Jones, I got my main man, the ghost, with me. As always, we've got Ants One behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. Still, ghosts. You know exactly what time it is. We already at week five. Time flies when you're having fun, and you know we're doing that inside studio. We what we got popping this week, bro? This is somewhat of a monumental week. Clyde Singleton, one of my OG favorite skaters, flipping open the mags. Always nice to see someone that looks like you before it got, you know, big time and popular. And now everyone looks like everyone and it's a beautiful melting pot. Clyde, my guy, hilarious. When you see his name, you're going to be like, oh shit, did Clyde turn up? Yes, it lives up to the hype. He's an animal, a nut job in the best way. <laughs> uh, lots of laughs. Thank you, Clyde, for coming on the pod. Then we take, you know, straight to the post office. The people really had some some fun emails, some good questions this week. Mm-hmm. Blessed post office. And then we wrapping it up with all our NHL and NBA playoff predictions. Let's go, Warriors. Perfect timing for us to be on the pod. All those bunt holes and bunt wipes. I know you guys already do this, but for our new listeners, make sure you follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live. Subscribe to us on YouTube at The Bunt. And if you can, hit up our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Bunt. Everything in there keeps this pod going, and you know we're doing it for the people. And then, if you have any time, head over to our website, thebuntlive.com. Every episode logged for your listening pleasure. Soon to have a new section on there when we make an absolutely enormous announcement in the coming days or weeks. Days. (laughs) It's today. It's coming out today. So when when y'all listen to this, we will have posted the bunt jam is officially popping this summer july 7th and 8th in toronto dunbat skate park be there be square we cannot wait to see everyone it's going to be bigger and better than last year it's going to be a fucking barn burner like no other so pull up you get me days it is and today is the day like the ghost said we are running it back three on three basketball tournament the return of the barn burner and the unveiling of the field goal obstacle. July 7th and 8th, there's only one place to be. Toronto, Canada. You know exactly what it is. Ghost, it's that time. Shout out of the week. Big week out there. Lots of parts dropped. Lots of content as per usual. But the one that stuck out to me, Kevin Bilyeu links part Ooh. for DC. Bro, I stay loving his skating. When you see a clip from him, you know it's him immediately. He's got super unique style, awesome pop, a beautiful switch flip. Bro, he be nolly flipping over blocks that I couldn't even fucking dream to nolly flip over. Tail side, then switch back, nose grind, fakie flip line. 
tons of highlights. Switch frontside flip Manny, his last trick. Switch varial heel the can. Bro, my man went off. Kev, we got to holler at you. We got to track you down. You got to come on the pod maybe next season. Straight boss, real ass street skater. Love it. Absolutely love that one. Kevin Billia, fucking East Coast powerhouse. Ghost, you mentioned it in the rundown. But uh, I love this guy just so much, man. I think you mentioned you wanted to do it in the intro too, man. Give the man a shout out for an absolutely massive accomplishment that our good friend Davis made on the links. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Let me uh, call out Davis while giving him a shout out. My man, my man got mad at me for forgetting to shout him out <laughs> when we had Zion on the pod. I was like, I just played golf with your teammate Gage. He's sick. Meanwhile, Davis was also there, another real fan for life teammate of Zion. Yeah, he he had his first eagle of his life. So major, major hats off and shout out to Davis. Can't wait to see you this summer. And we love you, brother. I didn't forget you, but I just needed to save it for an extra special intro shout out like this. You know what I'm saying? Eagle gang. I'm going to try and get there this summer with you. That's how we take care of our people right there. So like the ghost said, Clyde Singleton, triple OG in the building. Any skate historian knows that Clyde Singleton left his mark on the skate game, and we are absolutely thrilled to have him inside Studio E. It's legend season, baby. Ghost, there's only one thing left to do before we get this interview popping, and you know exactly what it is. Maker Pizza knows that we got to work on our summer bods, so they've unveiled the skinny pizza, baby. Thin crust. <laughs> Coming for the first time from Maker Pizza, available in three different pies, pepperoni, cheese, and the sweet pie. One size only, one price only, the skinny pizza to keep that summer bod a summer bod, man. Wow, are you serious, bro? Watching the playoffs all day, I was probably going to get some Maker, but now I can get some Maker with a little less guilt. Let's Mm -hmm. fucking do this. Maddie Matheson, tell them what they get when they order Maker Pizza. This is literally the best pizza in the world. All right, ghosts, let's get this interview pop. All right, we've got a bona fide OG in the building, Clyde Singleton. What's cracking, man? What's up, man? How you guys doing tonight? Dude, super happy to have you here, man. Hell yeah. Good. Fucking Canada in the fucking house. <laughs> Sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. What's up with you guys? We're straight chilling, man. Fucking snowed in up here in Canada. You know how it is. Uh, that sounds terrible. It's like 75 here. It's too bad for your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, shit, yeah. I ain't seen the sun in weeks, it feels like, up here, bro. Man, I, I, I feel bad for y'all. Y'all probably white as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm naturally white as hell, and this don't help, you know? I know. You probably look like snow. <laughs> <laughs> Camel thing. Blend it in with that, that shit. Called? What's that movie called with the dude that got, that he see got struck by lightning powder? and shit? What was that movie called? Yeah, you probably like powder and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, yeah. shit. Laugh man. it up, man. Laugh it up. Nah, man, I'm just fucking with you. So, Clyde, we start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and favorite sports moment. Favorite skateboard moment would probably be 
when Gans kicked up the Gans, that was pretty amazing, man. Like that, that I just was not. No one is. We went skating with them that day, and so just that day skating with Gans was pretty amazing. It was me, Jamie Thomas, and Drake Jones, and uh, my greatest sports moment was. <laughs> Yo, I was like, I used to play baseball. I was gonna play baseball if I didn't skateboard. That was that was my thing. I was a huge baseball player, and um, one of my first games I played. <laughs> They had me. They had me hit against this big ass dude. His name was Moose, yo. I was like, I was like, hey, seriously, dude. I, I'm not even joking. Yo. I was like, I was like, ten years old. This dude was built like a 15 year old dude. This is like in 1985, yo. I was so scared, of this dude, and he hit me in the eye with the ball. <laughs> you Wait, know, most the, people the run- pitched it out of your eye. Yeah, dude, he hit me in the eye with the ball. You know, how most people run towards the thing. I ran to the dugout. I was like, I ain't fighting that big ass dude. Yeah. <laughs> That was my great. That was my great sports moment. So after that, I played. I played ball for a little bit, and um, yeah, started skating. So yeah. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> so yo, Clyde, take us back to the beginning. Where'd you grow up, and how'd you get into skating? Where'd I grow up? I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. I started skating. I met my friend uh, Ricky Ward. He was my neighbor, and he had a Nash Executioner. And I, I thought the thing was so sweet, man. I was like, yo, that thing looks so sweet. It was like pink and green. The, it was disgusting thinking now, but that joint was so sweet. I think he got it. Yeah, I think he got it from Kmart, dog. This thing looks that thing like a Camaro, dog. Like you've never seen. I've never seen nothing like it. And so uh, I was like, yo, let me ride it. And I think it started plastic on it, and um, and I rode it off a curb. And I was like, yo. And I, I swear to God, from the, I remember the moment I rode off the curb. It was better than getting laid for the first time. It was the greatest. Fi- I swear to God, yo. I looked back at him. I was like, hey man, can I keep skating? And I, and I was tic-tacking, and I was like, and you know how you have bus stops as kids? I was like, yo, I'm a tic-tac to the next bus stop. And from there, I just, that was it, man. You know, I, I, um, there was a real good redneck kid. His name was Joe Sneed. And uh, Joe Sneed had, yo, Joe Sneed was cool. He was, like, he was like the coolest white boy at school. He had a rat tail and shit. Like, everybody was like, yo, he was cool, yo. Yo, I was like, yo, I was like, and so I was like, y'all need to know Joe Sneed and shit. So. I like somehow became friends with Joe Snee, right? And um, so me and Joe became cool. And I remember going to his house one night and I couldn't ollie. And I had a co- I had like a, a birdie or some shit. And I was trying to ollie up the curb. I wanted to impress Joe Snee, right? I was like, yo, I tried to ollie up the curb and broke my birdie. And so I walked my board to his house. And yo, I never forget this shit. I got to his house. He was like, yo, man, you want to just go hang out in the garage? I was like, yo, why can't I come inside? He was like, my parents are racist. Oh, my oh. God. Fucking <laughs> yo, hell. Yo, I swear to God, yo, I learned how to skate in this garage like fucking like Huck, like some Huck fan shit, dude. I swear to God. I <laughs> promise fuck. to God, dog. I learned how to skate in a fucking barnyard like like with some racist parents. I learned every trick so fucking quick because I didn't want to get caught by his parents. Wow. So I would learn every... Dude, I learned everything like... And this is what was weird. I learned everything the way... I skated regular, but I didn't know... <laughs> I didn't know I skated regular. So I wanted to learn everything he did. So I would watch him do a trick. And so I would ride regular and <laughs> I would jump into a switch stance. <laughs> and I learned... <laughs> I thought that shit looked so cool. That shit looked corny as fuck. Yeah, I was. I would like ride and I would jump switch stance and then um and then I would do inverts. Everything I learned the first year, I learned the wrong way because I didn't know. I didn't know like yeah, I didn't know how to skate. You know what I'm saying? Like I was just like yo, I could skate. I was like hanging with Joe Sneed and shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I had to roll up white pants and I went to school 
and uh, and like I just changed like you know like almost you know it happened in like almost a month you know I was like hanging with my skater friends I was like yo these dudes look cool as fuck and I went to school I had some like white jeans and shit just rolled up they was like yo look at Clyde's pants <laughs> <laughs> ever since then I was stuck with y'all motherfuckers I've been skating ever since yeah I was like shit I can't go back now oh, shit. I had some white pants yo them shits was crusty as fuck too hold on I heard you. So you grew up in Jacksonville, but how the hell did you end up a Dallas Cowboys fan, man? Oh, this is a great question because a lot of people don't know this. I lived in Colleen, Texas as a kid. Mm. Yes, my father was, my father was uh, stationed at Fort Hood. And so I mm. stayed there until I was like, I think like first grade. Yeah, I remember coming back to Florida and they were like, man, you talk funny. And I was like, <laughs> what? Like, I <laughs> Yeah, man, like, I grew up in Colleen, like, well, not really, you know, until I was, like, a kid, and uh, then I moved back to Jacksonville, you know, I was born in Jacksonville, and my father got stationed there, and, you know, okay, he was always, okay. he was a Cowboys fan, he was a Cowboys fan, so, you know, when the Jaguars came through, I want one of them turncoat-ass dudes, like, yo, we got a team, I'm like, man, fuck these dudes, you know what I'm saying, I have my boys, and I'm serious, uh, you know what I mean, I ain't one of them the dudes Jaguars like are that. coming, man, the Jaguars man, are coming, uh, yeah, Duval, yeah, baby, yeah, that's the coolest thing about the Jaguars. The <laughs> no, no. Right? no. The 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 Prince Trevor Lawrence, man. Uh, He's gonna bring him yeah. to glory. I talk that. I almost said something really bad about that dude, and I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> that dude looks like that dude looks like Alyssa Steamer, dude. Right? Oh. <laughs> he does, yo. Holy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. That ain't You're bad. savage, man. I'm You're saying savage. that ain't bad. That's my homegirl. He looks like a I was going to say, being a Cowboys fan, you've been subjected to a life of misery, but you had your golden years. So Hey, look. Hey, exactly, dog. And look, we're, we're, all we need to do is get rid of that. that all we need to do is get rid of Jerry Jones and Dak. Dude, if we can put both of them on a different team, we Yeah, this go. guy. All we got to do is get rid of the owner and the franchise quarterback. Yes. <laughs> as yes. if that's, that's easy. As if that's, like, yeah. super yeah. easy. Look, yeah. look you, you know, you can... <laughs> Good luck with that. Just get, Dion, just get Dion and his son up in there, dude, that make some rap videos. Fucking rap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what you need. You need that Jackson's... You need that Jackson State energy at fucking... At Dallas. Oh, yeah. God. He gone out of there now, man. Yeah, hey, you know, I was living in Mississippi. I got my black ass out of there, too. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, you ever been to Mississippi? Uh, no, I never, man. No plans either. I, I got, I got a lot of people there. I got a lot of friends there, and I got, but dog, I swear, I don't even know if Mississippi knows slavery's over. That, sh that shit was dog. I, I'm not even joking, dog. Like I was talking to this dude. I, look, man, I'm not even bullshit. I was talking to this dude. He was, uh, I was working this spot, and he was a dishwasher, and uh, I was like, Yo, man, how much you make? You know, and he was like nine dollars an hour, and I was like. Damn, dog, I can do math. That's like seven bucks an hour after fucking taxes. And I was like, yo, you know we're... F I was like, yo, you know we're free? And I was like, yeah, I'll put you in my van. I'll take, you, I'll take you like to the next state. And I swear to God, you could get a $12 an hour job bullshitting. And like, yeah. they just... You know, they just... It's, it's like, it's very poverty stricken, man. Like, that's why I say it's like, I don't... It's just got, got a lot of old remnants of the South, and it's very, very poverty-stricken. You know, there's a lot of nice people there, but it's, um, it's not a place for me, man. Not at, woo. Mm -hmm. Not at all. Mm -hmm. Not at all, man. Yeah. So, back to skating here. What was your first big break in the skate industry, Clyde? I think it was Hickson Surf Shop in Jacksonville, Florida. 
like they had like a team tryout and uh, me and all my friends went and it was me and my friend Ryan Coleman, uh, the Behrman brothers, Eric Gilliard and someone else. And we all went and what was cool is like, <laughs> we all used to think we were like the Bones Brigade dudes, you know what I'm saying? So we all be skating up the street. Like I thought I was Ray Barbie. My man was Frankie Hill. Yo, we used to, yo, we had to, we used to kill it dog. So we were like a crew, you know what I mean? Like you couldn't like separate us. And we were like, I think my boy was like Steve Saez. Like we were all somebody. And so we all went to the thing and we all skated differently. And I think we all skated really well. And so the dude, what was super cool, I'd never forget this. Um, he was like, yo, you know what? I'm going to put all of you on the team. We were like, yo, we were yeah. so hyped, yo. Like, we were dumb. We used to have the stickers, man. We were like, you couldn't tell us nothing, dude. Like, the shops were really, really doing the best they could to hook all the, hook everybody up. You know, like, if you were good, man, and, like, you were out there, you were doing good in contests, and you were repping the shops, they were like, yo, man, hook this dude up. So they hooked me up with Vision. Um, that dude hooked me up with Vision, man. And uh, and somehow, um, I think I talked to Don Fisher. Don Fisher sent me, um, he sent me a box, and I got the box. And uh, <laughs> the night I got the box, I opened it, and, and I remember my mom walked in the room, and she was like, She's like, where'd you steal all that stuff from? Oh, no. <laughs> nah, because I'm telling you, me and my boys, we were like, I, I had like two separate crews of random people I kicked it with. So she was like, where'd you steal that from? I was like, nah, I got sponsored. You know, I was like, I was showing all the stuff, and then I looked on TV, and I swear to God, dude, it was a story on uh, Current Affair. They had just arrested Gator. Oh, and like, oh, I oh. just got, dog, I just got my first vision box. Like, and it had the Gator board. And it had all the stickers. It was like a city scene. Dog, I remember that shit. Like, it was like all my hopes like went down the dream. Fuck. That's so nice. So yeah, man, that's that was like my first couple sponsors, you know, the shops, and then the shop hooked me up with vision. Major key alert, man. There's nothing better than a solid shop for a skate scene. Absolutely, dude. I, I the shops, man, the shops don't know how important they are. So even zoomies, <laughs> I'm kidding, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate, hey, you know what's funny? Hey, let me t- hey real quick, let me say this. You know what's funny how people hate zoomies? Hey, you know how people hate zoomies and all that shit. You know what's funny about that shit? It's like a lot of old heads. They used to get their skateboards from the mall and shit. That's where everybody used to have to get their boards from. There weren't no skate yeah. shops. You know what I mean? There wasn't no skate. You had to go to the mall to get your shit. So you went to like a corny ass zoomies joint. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, them old heads that be kick turning this shit 50 times. The motherfuckers got their skateboards for the ball, yo. <laughs> <laughs> so, yo, Clyde, you touched on it a bit, but uh, what was it like coming up as a young black skater in Jacksonville and then kind of navigating the skate industry? Because at the time, uh, there wasn't a lot of black skaters out there. It was, you know, it was, it was being in Jacksonville, too. I mean, honestly, being in Jacksonville it opened my eyes to a lot of stuff, you know, because as a kid, as I was saying, like, there was a lot of times I couldn't, there was a lot of times I couldn't go skate a ramp because I was black. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was plenty of times I couldn't go skate a ramp because I was black. And and then the weird part about it, a lot of times would be like, a lot of my quote unquote friends would be like, oh man, it's too bad, we're gonna go skate, you know what I'm saying? So you had to deal with a lot of that kind of shit growing up. And you didn't really know how skating was because, as you said, we had no representation. You know what I mean? So 
to me, I just thought it was Fred Reeves, Peanut Brown, Stedham, Ray Barbie, and Ron Allen until Sal came out, you know, like Sal and Javante. There was shit. You, you could count them on both hands how many, how many black folks were out. So I didn't really, I don't know, man. I just, I just thought if I kept getting better at my craft, it would work out. You know what I mean? Like, like I just always believed in myself more than anything. Like, I think once I got out of the South, it made me realize um, how lucky I was. You know, 1,000%, man. Like, because a lot of brothers don't make it out of the South. And a lot of brothers skateboarding don't make it out of the South. So I was very fortunate, you know. But I worked my ass off, too. You know what I mean? I always got to always gotta look back and... You know, there was a lot of times where I couldn't go skate with my friends and shit, but um, I would go skate by myself, you know, and I think a lot of that paid off in the end, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, that's, I think that's, it takes a lot of determination, man. It takes a whole, it's a mental game, dude. You know, it ain't like now. You don't, you don't pull up to a spot, you see like 12, 12 kids that look like you and shit. Like, you, you were fighting a lot of shit, man, and so you just had to stick with it. You know, and I was one of the dudes that stuck with it. I, I I just refused to fucking lay down. You know what I'm saying? And I got to Cali, and uh, and at first, you know, a lot of people don't know this. Um, I was pro for Acme, and then I just I quit. Like I was just I didn't even call the motherfuckers no more, dog. And then uh, I was at home, and Rodney called me and asked me to get on. Uh, he he asked me to come out and meet Kareem and shit and I went to a contest in Venice and met Kareem and so there was about a year before I'd gotten on one on one probably a little over a year where I wasn't even fucking sponsored like whatsoever like I had no sponsor dog I, I <laughs> Kareem was buying me clothes and shoes um Derek was letting me chill at his crib um shit I, I maybe somewhere in that time Ken Block approached me about doing dubs, so I was making a little bit of money from that, but I was making, dude, I was literally fucking broke, just out there skating, and no job, no sponsor, no nothing. You know, I was just, Kareem would hook me up with some boards, and like, I stayed at Sock's house a lot, I stayed at Fabian's house, you know, and I I had nowhere to stay. You know, I had nothing, I had nothing going on for me, but I just, I I don't know what I was thinking, you know what I'm saying, anybody else would have turned around and went home, but I just, I don't know, man. I just kept staying out there. I stayed with the TSA guys a lot. They really took care of me, Miguel and those dudes. And like I said, man, it was like a year, year and a half, dog. I was, I, I was, I had nothing going on. I had no sponsor, no nothing. <laughs> like nothing. Yeah. It's fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, you know, that was a scary time too because that was around 90, 90, 90, into 93 to 90, almost 95, 94, 95. So, that was a time when skateboarding was kind of dead too, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't have a lot of wiggle room to figure out what I wanted to do. You know, companies were fucking dying and, and so I didn't really know what to do, you know? And, and then what was I gonna do, go back home? You know what I'm saying? Like, like fucking 18, 19, fucking, what was I gonna do? I had no, I, I didn't finish school at that point. Like, what was I gonna do? You know what I'm saying? Like, and it all just worked out, dog. It literally just all worked out, so yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, man.
Are you ready to play for Skatistan? Visit playforskatistan.com where you can use three playable characters based on real Skatistan students and their stories. Play with them online to support thousands of kids in real life. What's better than that? Like I said, visit playforskatistan.com now and learn more. This message was provided to you by CHPO Brand. Always doing it for the people. What's the story for you moving to LA? Fresh off the plane, you went straight to Venice, I heard, man. Yeah, I... uh Actually, that's my second time in L.A. The first time in L.A. was when I got dropped off at a bus station in the middle of fucking nowhere. And uh, Jim Gray sent me and uh, Jim, Jim Gray sent me and uh, Chet Childress back on a bus after the NSA finals. I was like, damn, dog, for real? Like, <laughs> so I didn't even like I didn't like I, like we put into the bus station in L.A. as fucking like 16, 17 year olds. We were fucking terrified. Dog. We were like, yo, what the fuck? But I went back. Uh, I met Kareem and Munster. And I went back, uh, I think it was 93, 94. Is it maybe 93, 94? I forgot when that contest was, but I got off the got off the plane, took a bus, and my dumb ass is walking around some neighborhood in Venice I had no business being in. Like, I probably could have got stabbed. And and it showed up at the contest and was like, yo, what's up, y'all? And they, all them dudes looking at me like, what's up? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They had no idea, like, Rodney flew me out, you know what I mean? The Kareem's like, oh, yeah, that's Clyde, da-da-da-da-da. So I met Kareem. He's like, yeah, man, get my number, come back up, meet me in L.A. He went somewhere, and so I went down to uh, Orange County and stayed with the TSA guys. And Yeah, and then fucking I remember Kareem called, and he called Miguel's phone because I didn't have – I was fucking broke, and I didn't have a phone. He's like, hey, man. He's like, he's like, meet me at uh, Extra Large, Vermont. Yeah, he said, meet me at uh, Extra Large in Vermont. So it was at that bench that Billy skates by in the fucking, uh, in the Menace thing. Remember he's skating up the sidewalk? Billy Valdez? No. And then it's, and it's in the Menace part in, uh, in Trilogy. Billy Valdez does a 360 flip on the sidewalk and he's skating down the, he's like, he does a really cool line, but they dropped me off on that bench. And, uh, and fucking, I met Kareem and all those dudes. And from there, I, you know, everything just kind of fucking took off, man. You know, like as far as as far as skating again, you know, I was filming a lot again. I was filming with those dudes. I think I'd filmed a couple of tricks that day. And um, you know, I started staying with Kareem. He was hooking me up, like everywhere I go, like I literally looked like his little brother. Like <laughs> he would man, he was so cool. He would buy me like he would buy his gear and he would buy me like a matching outfit. Dude, we looked like fucking <laughs> Eric B and Rakim. It was the greatest thing in the world, dude. I swear to God, he'd buy like a pair of shoes, he'd be like Get you a pair too. It was the coolest shit in the world. Like he go get his hair braided, he'd be like, braid Clyde's hair too. That shit was cool as fuck. That's insane. Like it was cool. It was like having an older brother. Like you know what I mean. Like and he was just so cool to me, man. Like he took me into his house and his mom called my mom and fucking, you know, like his fucking his wife was there and man, it was so fucking cool, dude. It was we just go skating all the time, dude. Like that's all we we just go skating and meet fucking guy and. Man, it was like any skateboarder's dream come true, dude. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it, it just like it was amazing. Like you couldn't, you can't really explain it. You know what I mean? But it was, it was happening at such a rapid pace that it just seemed normal after a while. You know, it was everything was just normal. And just for a couple, you know, until I was probably twenty three, you know, I don't think I really realized like what had really happened during that time because we were always. 
either skating or on tour. We were on tour a lot, man. And like, we were on tour a fucking lot, dude. Like, I remember one summer I stayed on tour. <laughs> I think I would want, they couldn't send me home because I didn't have a home. <laughs> yeah, I stayed on tour for like four months, dude. I swear to God. I was like, they, they started on the West Coast and like everybody left the tour in the middle. And I was like, shit, I'm staying. So I just stayed and like went all the way to New York and then went down to Florida and somehow went back up to New York. And uh, I think that was a summer that, uh, I think that was a summer after 20 shot. Actually, it was. No, it was a summer. It was a summer. Yeah, it was a summer before we filmed 20 shot. So it was that summer. It was when kids came out and shit. And um, that was my first time in New York, man. Those was the best fucking times ever, dude. Those was literally the best fucking times of like of my life, man. You cannot you cannot duplicate that shit like ever. It was fucking great. You know, it was, everybody was young. We were having fucking a lot of fun. Everybody was really cool with each other. And, like, you know what I mean? It was everybody was cool with everybody, man. It was like it wasn't like it wasn't like how people think it is. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like mm-hmm. There was there was kooks, don't get me wrong, but like everybody, like, like you know who? what I mean? But everybody, like everybody, like, like who would be a kook? Like, hmm, I'm trying to think. Who would be like a dislike person in the mid-90s? I, like, it's hard to think, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't really think because a dude like, a dude like Simon Woodstock would pull up with a clown suit and a skimboard and people would be going crazy, you know what I mean? Like, people would be like, People be like hype, like Mike York was out there. You know what I'm saying? I'm serious, dude. And like, like all, like it was just, it was like a whole. The energy was fucking crazy, man. Like you, you can't explain it, dude. You really can't explain it. Like there was, it got, it got so good. Like that's when, like a lot of them old dudes started creeping back in. Like you seen Cab come back out, start street skating and shit. That shit was dope, dude. Like man, '93 to '97 was fucking absolutely amazing. I'd say 88 to 93 was probably the greatest of all time era of skateboarding, just as far as, as tricks and advancements. And, you know, you just had to keep up so much and boards were changing, wheels were changing, everything was fucking changing at such a rapid pace between 88 and 93. And then 93 to 96, 97 was, man, that was, you can't fucking repeat that. You can't repeat it, dude. Absolutely. You can't. You can, you can try to remake the shoes. You can try to re- You can try to do all that shit. You can't redo it, dude. You mm-hmm. can't. It's fucking it's set in stone, dude. And, and, and like, and just the way it was, man. Like, you can even look at the videos and like the Munster contest and shit like that. Like, like, like I don't know if y'all know about the shit at Munster where, um, where one of the fucking one of the security guards got into it with Templeton, like, like jacked him up or some shit, and like everybody was about to fuck the dude up, dog. It was, <laughs> they was about to have a world war up in that shit. That's what I'm saying. Like everybody was cool. You know what I mean? Like. Everybody mm-hmm. was cool. It was like like everybody was one united fucking skateboard thing. You know, it wasn't like, you know, like like I like how you kind of see now. Not the, not the switch eras. Like you see now, like you see like the dude like the uh, like the dude looks like fucking what's the dude looks like Fozzie the Bear, uh, Gustavo Ribeiro. Yeah, the dude that wears a visor, right? And the dude that wears a visor, right? <laughs> what? Yeah, he does. He looks like Fozzie the Bear. Look, hey, look, the dude that wears a visor, right? People are like, all right, look, he wears a visor. Bitch, Rick Howard wore a visor. Nobody said nothing. You know what I'm saying? That's what, I, that's, that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. y'all gonna laugh at Rick Howard? No. Fuck no, you ain't gonna laugh at Rick Howard. Nobody's gonna laugh at Rick Howard. So it's like, it's just kind of funny to see, like, different things. Like, a lot of shit, you know, like, obviously, like, 
the shit with uh with Bearer. That was a huge thing. The whole fucking with the world collapse. You know, like shit like that. You know, it had it. it you know, like the Ryan Fabry shit and shit like that. Like, but it didn't. It didn't stop nothing. You know what I mean? It wasn't something like now where motherfuckers like, oh shit, like you're like, oh fuck, well that sucks. Like, let me see the next magazine. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a thing now. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like you see the, like I saw a video the other day. Some dude was like, man, Barra ripped me off. It's like, bitch, you stupid. Like, why would you do? Why would you do business with Barra? You know what I'm saying? Like, like. You had to be a moron to do business with that dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 you literally took all your equipment and shit up in there. Like, you thought you was cool with that dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, anything would have told you. Like, common sense would have told you. Like, like, you thought you was gonna be the lucky dude to like strike a good deal with a dude. To, like, like, clearly has had had some fucking bad things with people. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I wouldn't do business with that dude. Like, I would, I dap him up. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got a problem with him, but I do business with him. But that's what I'm saying now. It's like, like shit like that. Now it's like, like that shit gets a lot of like, it, it has a lot of fucking tail on it. You know what I'm saying? Like people are like, man, you hear that shit? You hear that shit? Back then people be like, like, man, you know how much money people got ripped off for in the 90s? You know what I'm saying? Like, like dog, you're crying about a fucking video? Like, <laughs> oh, wait, okay, wait, you got, you got some like, examples? Dog, have you ever asked, have you ever asked? A pro skater, like, have you, dog? Think about this. Have you ever asked a pro skater? Have they seen their board sales? Have you ever asked? You ever asked like anybody that shit? Was that was that a bad thing in the nineties? Like the brands just hiding it from them? Have you no? You ever asked anybody that in on this at this fucking day and time? Nah. Thank you. You would not see that shit. That's just like the unicorn of skateboarding. Like you're like, yo, man, let me see my board sales. Like you would not see that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's shit like that that is like that is more of an issue than what people think of of like little shit. You know what I'm saying? Like like that's what that's what kind of the difference is of back then and now. You know what I mean? Like like everyone was mainly more into the skate shit and not into the, the weird caddy shit. And everybody was together, man. Everybody fucking rock with everybody. Dog the dudes that had the weirdest sponsors were getting love. You know what I'm saying? Like motherfucker, you can skate for new school. Like motherfucker treat you like you skated for plan B. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Seriously, you know what I mean? Like, it was really, really cool. Like, dudes like Jason Corbett were fucking... Jason Corbett was a man back then, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> Different mm. times, man. Y'all know about Corbett? Yeah, but that was before our time. And uh, it's funny that you said the glory age of skating was before me and Dono even started skating. So it definitely <laughs> depends what generation you're from. Yes, yes. Everyone, I would definitely agree. Everyone has their... Uh, I think I think and it's and it's just a matter of opinion. Everyone has their opinion on what their glory days of skating and that's absolutely fine. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like ours was probably like two thousand to two thousand seven or something, eight, I don't know. Yeah, and there was and I can understand that. You know what I mean? I ain't one of them salty ass old dudes like, man, fuck that shit. It's like dog, that shit was probably dope to them. That shit was probably like Yeah, I'm saying for 19. us, not for everyone. Exactly. And then, like, people got to understand, like, when I say things, it's not for everybody. It's just my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, back to your glory era. You definitely had some legendary teammates over the years. But what was it like skating with a young Gino being teammates on 101? You have any stories from uh, from your friendship with him back then? Gino 101. St- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is so funny. I love Gino. Shout out to Gino. Yeah, my man Gino picked me up the first. Uh, this is fucking hilarious. I don't, I don't even know if he knows his story, but I've told it a couple of times. He picked me up and he had, I don't know what kind of car it was. That shit was like a spaceship, dog. That shit might have been like a crazy Fiero or something, but it was like some crazy sports car. I remember he picked me up and like, I think we were going back to him and uh, him and Keenan's place at the time. And, and I just met him. Like, you know, we were just kind of getting to know each other. And I remember riding in his car and I was like, Damn, I'm about to get paid. <laughs> yeah, I just always remember that from meeting Gino at first, but he's always been a cool dude, man. You know, he's always been the same old laid back dude. He's never like, I don't know. I've just never thought of him anything more than just being like a real laid back, cool, funny dude. You know, like, I, he's just Gino to me. You know, like, not, not saying he's not some, you know, not, not downplaying him, but to me, he's just Gino. You know what I mean? And I can understand why people love him. But, you know, I, I think I think it's lovely for myself to just look at him as a person. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's an awesome, he's an awesome human being, man. Like, he's a good person to be around, great person to skate with. You know what I mean? Like, get shit done quick. So you're like, damn, dog. Like, <laughs> you know, like, hey, he has something set in mind. He'll knock it out and... What was really cool about Gino and um, and putting together a lot of those videos is we wouldn't see each other's footage. Like, we like none of us would see each other's footage. Like, there was probably random times, but, like, that was, like, the thing, dude. Like, well, kind of sometimes, like, if you were able to kind of get in the control room with Sock, you could kind of see some stuff that he was editing. But Sock wouldn't even show you people's footage either. Like, you couldn't see no one's footage. Like, most of it was locked away. And so you didn't really know what you were seeing until the video came out, which which made those which made all those videos kind of really dope to us. You know, we were just unless you were out filming with those guys, but you know, a lot of shit that, that a lot of shit in those videos, man, like I was like, yo, when the fuck did you do that? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was with those dudes a lot. You know what I mean? And like like a lot of Reem stuff. Like I was like, when the like when did this dude sneak out and do this? You know, but they they all like Gino, a lot of Gino stuff. I was, dude, Gino stuff in the video, like both. I was like, wow, because I did not, I did not see that. You know what I mean? And like, I was like, damn, like I, that shit hit me way off guard. I knew he was fucking good, but I did not know he was that fucking good. You know, I was like, yo. He was, he was on a whole nother level. And it was, and what was crazy about Gino back then is, um, is that I don't think people were really comprehending what he was doing. You know what I mean? They were they were so knocked up in his style and shit like that. But I was like, yo, the tricks he was doing was fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the the Nolly the Nolly 180 switch five O switch shove out. Like a lot of people are like yo the ride away and shit like. But it's like yo the tricks are fucking incredible, man. And like. He just had no filler, you know what I mean? Like he never had filler, and that's I think that's what made him stick out amongst like. And he didn't skate like anyone else, you know what I mean? Like he always, mm-hmm. he always kept his, he kept he kept true to his style, you know. And that's what I always respected out of him, you know. I think a lot of cats can learn from that. He's like on that Jason Lee tip, you know. You can still see him today, and you're like, yo, that's him, you know what I'm saying? He don't look different. He ain't got some weird ass haircut. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He's still Gino, so that, that's what I appreciate out of him, man. Mm-hmm. That's wicked. So, 
trilogy, one of the greatest videos of all time. Take us behind the scenes on your one-two punch at Hubba Hideout. Front side half cab, front nose, and fakey back tail, man. I was staying with, uh, at the time, my friend Jeff Davis and Dave Duran. They, they just moved to California. And so Dave, these are my friends from Jacksonville, Bear Hughes as well. He skated for Element. And then uh, they, were, they were all staying at Dave's. And so Bear was our filmer, obviously. And, uh, and I don't know how, Dimitri was out there with us at the time. Dimitri, Dimitri whatever, Eli. His, so fucking Dimitri was with us and we were like, we all wanted to go to SF. I was like, dude, let's just go up to SF and see if we can get some stuff. It was like the last weekend. And, um, and I don't know, I, I was trying to fakey crooked grind. The, uh, I was trying to fakey crooked grind Hubba. Damn. And I kept, I kept getting into it at first. I kept getting into it at first. And if you watch the footage, I don't even know who has original footage. If you watch the footage, I'm pissed when I land the fakey tail slide. Like, I'm fucking pissed. Like, I'm like, why? I'm like, what the fuck? Like, because I wasn't trying to fake a tail slide. Oh, you're trying. Uh, Let's say you switch from. I was not okay. trying to fake a tail slide. Yeah. So, so then, like, so then I was, I was, and then, and then someone was like, man, you should try the half cab nose. And I got into it, like, the first or second try. And, and that did that really quick. Like, that was, I did that way quicker than I ever thought I was going to do it. Um, but the other trick I wasn't trying, man. Like, I, that was, I was trying to fake it crooked and was pissed that I fake it tailed it. <laughs> but I guess people liked it. So I was like, yeah, cool. And ironically, check this out, not to jump errors again, but the fakey crook in the aesthetics video, that was a huge mistake. You were trying fakey tail that time? I was trying to fake it. That thing got a huge fucking pole at the bottom, dude. I was like, that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, like Kevin was, Kevin, me and Kevin would get the spots and we'd battle. And I talked to you about that in a minute, but like, that was like our friendly competition. He was getting the back tails and I was like, oh, hell no. Nah. And so <laughs> I was like trying to fake you tail because that was kind of my go-to trick on a lot of things. And, um, and somehow locked that in and hopped out and God bless me. I don't know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So, Two great accidents. Yeah. That's amazing. Dude, fakey switch front yeah, crook man. on Hubbo would have been epic, though. Did you ever Oof. try that again after? I don't think I ever went back to Hubbo after that. I never. I don't think I ever ever went back to there after. Um, I went there once before with Jamie Thomas um, when I first moved to San Francisco. Well, not moved to San Francisco. When I first went to California, I was staying with Jamie and all these guys in uh, SF. And Jamie, Jamie really hooked me up a lot. Actually, a lot of people don't fucking know that Jamie Thomas really, really looked out for me. Like when I was on Acme and he was like, he was really trying to hook me up and get me off of Acme. So he hooked me up with independent. He filmed He filmed like a whole sponsor me tape for me in SF. And that was the first time I went to Hubba. I did like a nose slide, 360, shove it out, I think or something. Yeah, it was a long, it was like 93 or something like that. And then we all went to Hubba. Yeah, we went to Hubba and then we went to EMB and Jamie filmed a bunch of stuff. But that was the only two times I've ever been, man. I'd been to EMB, I'm sorry, Hubba twice in my life. Damn. And both times were like very short, very, very short visits. Just getting clips like it ain't a tang, eh? The glory days. Yeah, those are times, dude. You know, those are good times, man. For sure. Got me out here sound like Wolf or Brimley and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fast forwarding a bit. Uh, how did the Aesthetic okay. Squad come together? One of the great teams assembled in the skate game. Aesthetics came together. Um, Sal, Sal, uh, we were doing 23, and Sal wanted to part ways with the owner. He 
they had some differences, obviously. And so, uh, and so Sal got together with Alfred Hawkins and, and like, I was just at that point, man, like I didn't really know, you know? And so this is crazy. I, I don't know. A lot of people know this. So, um, between 23 and aesthetics, like I was like, man, I don't know, you know, because I felt like it was taken forever and little, it probably took like two months. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> but yeah. to me, but to me, I was like, man, this shit's taken forever, you know, because back then, like two months is a long fucking time. Yeah. And so, um, and so I'm just like, man, and so he was still paying me and shit though. You know, he was just like, man, I make sure you guys get paid. And so, um, and so before Kevin got on, this is maybe a day before Kevin came to my house. I called Rodney Smith from Zoo. And I was like, yo, what's up, dude? I was like, I don't really know what's going on. You know, I was like, I know Sal's trying to start something, but you know, I'd always really, I'd always really respected you. I like what you do. And if you got some room, he's like, dude, I'd love to have you on Zoo. You know, he's like, I just don't think I can afford you. And I was like, well, shit. So, <laughs> so then, uh, so I mean, it was, it was cool. I respected him for saying that. Yeah, you know, it was cool. So, um, so, so then, fucking, so then, Sal's like, yeah, who do you want on the team? And I was like, yo, there's this dude that I saw in Tampa, and I was like, we guys like, and I always remember Kevin doing that backside nose blunt, and like I met him that day, and like, and um, I, I met him a long time ago with Matt Reason, but we had you know kind of connected that day, and I was like, yo. And I was like, yo, we got to get this dude on the team. And so we tracked Kevin down. Somehow we tracked Jesse Pires down, who was with Kevin Taylor. Craziest fucking story in the world. We called Jesse Pires, and Jesse's at the Ezekiel factory. They're with Rodney Johnson. That's that's how that connection went. And and Jesse was trying. He's like, man, Jesse wants to come up and skate. And Jesse had like some new Camaro or something. I was like, man, come on up. He's like, yo, man, I got Kevin Taylor here with me. I was like, holy shit, bring him with you. So Kevin comes up, stays at my house. Um, we immediately go out and film. We film that the, the quicker grind, the nose slide, a bunch more stuff. And then uh, a couple weeks later, man, we had the boards for aesthetics. And, um, sat, and, and Kevin and I went to PS Sticks. We took the first aesthetics boards to the ASR. Like, they were at the booth. They didn't have the skateboards. So <laughs> wow. they were counting on me and Kevin, who had partied our asses off the night before, to bring the skateboards. Obviously, we were on black people time, so we were a little late. <laughs> but we made it. To, we made it there. And uh, yeah, man, I always remember that, man. Like it was just like it was crazy. You know what I mean? It was crazy because it's crazy. We started a company. You know what I mean? Like we all like we all started a company, and none of us ever left. And I think that's very important. You know what I'm saying? None of us ever. It, it's very. It's it, it's kind of an important tale of skateboarding, and none of us left, and none of us have any animosities, uh, animosities against each other. Excuse me. And and we're all, dude. We still have a group chat. I was just talking to them. Oh, earlier. Sick. Those are still like, yeah. Those are still like my brothers. You know what I mean? And um, I always have nothing but love for those guys. You know what I mean? Like it's like we we. We all did something really special together, man. And and that kind of shit, you can't like, you can't take that away. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's different when you ride for a team and you got some cool teammates. But when you build something together, and that's your house. You know what I'm saying? And and you all live in it together, and you all grow up in it together. And like it, it it's just something a lot more special about that. You know what I'm saying? And like the team stayed together the whole fucking time. You know what I'm saying? Like and. That's dope, man. 
you know, I, th I think it's I think it's really remarkable that we are that we are stuck together like that, you know, and we were all able to put something cool out like that, man, and you know, do it with Sal Barbier out of all fucking people. You know, like that's, we all looked up to Sal as kids, you know, like when Sal ain't around, we're all like, fucking Sal, you know, we're hyped, man, you know, and it's, uh, it's dope, you know, I think it's, it's, it's something really cool to think about like that, you know, it's like a lot of people ride for people they don't respect, you know what I'm saying, like, like, or they ride for people for money mm -hmm. and shit like that, or like they get to know them and shit, it's like, we all knew each other, we're all cool, you know what I mean, like it ain't about nothing, like when we all went to... <laughs> Sal told me to call it Echo. When we all went to Echo, <laughs> yeah, when we all went to Echo, we all went together though. You know what I mean? It was a team decision. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was like, yo, are we gonna go? It wasn't like, all right, well, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. It was like, are we all gonna go? And at first, I was the only one that was apprehensive. I was like, dude, we should keep our shit. And we didn't, so, but yeah. You know, I think it's great, man. We, I think it's fucking awesome. We were really able to pull that off and and do some really cool shit, man. Do some really cool graphics, some really cool clothes, make some videos, and you know, have a lot of input with the graphics and and that's awesome, man. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That kind of shit, man. You can't. It's it's better to have something like that. I'd rather have something like that than get millions of dollars from a sponsor any fucking day of my life, any day of my life, mm. any day. I'd, I'd, I'd rather ride. For, I'd rather ride for a small brand, that's a, a small independent brand that's not that's not relying on a lot of that kind of shit. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know. But I think that that has a lot more integrity at the end of the day. You know what I mean? It's something you built. It ain't somebody else's money and shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's that's something y'all built, man. Like, nobody can take that away from you. You know what I mean? Can't nobody come up in there like, oh, we're going to hire this person and all that shit. They can't do that. You know what I'm saying? They can't, ain't nobody going to come up in there and take nobody's spot. Ain't nobody going to go up in there and tell Sal how to run his business. Like, I don't want this dude on a team. Like, ain't, that shit don't happen. You know what I mean? So I think that kind of shit is, that's something, you know, that's a, that's a nice tale for skateboarding. We were the last crew like that, dog. I think the newest one like that is Quasi. Quasi's dope, man. Mm -hmm. You know, they remind me. They remind me a lot of a, of a lot of the shit we do. You know what I mean? With the fly clothes, and they got a dope team and nice, well-rounded team. Like, like I, I like their, I like their aesthetic. <laughs> Which is yeah. Like, yeah, you know, I fuck with Quasi, man. It reminds, it reminds, it reminds them. It really, really reminds me of aesthetics a lot. You know, just the way it's put together, skater run and. You know, I really fuck with Gilbert, and I think those guys really look to Gilbert as a leader and also as a good friend. And, and it, you know, it has a lot of the remnants of aesthetics, and, you know, I respect those dudes a lot, man. Definitely a dope brand. Back to uh, taking or riding for, like, a smaller brand over making millions. That, that, makes, that makes one of us you, because me, <laughs> me and Donald, we're sellouts, man. So show me the I'll money. I take the check. You yeah. know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, y'all trying to sell out? Y'all yeah. trying to eat ESPN. out? ESPN. Are you out? kidding me? Fox. You <laughs> name it, bro. I could, keep it, I could keep it real once I'm retired, you know what I'm saying? But when when it's the money-making window, <laughs> show me the money, Deggy. We, we kept it real long Ace, enough. We've been Ace, doing this together Ace. as a small business for, for long enough, man. We need to fucking get an influx of money in this building somehow. You know what I'm saying? Echo, where's the check, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, hey, I, I hear, I hear that, man. Like, I, like, I do mine myself. You know, I do everything myself. So, 
I don't have, I haven't even reached out to do sponsorships and shit yet. And, mm-hmm. you know, I got the numbers and shit. It's just, I kind of enjoy doing it. You know, I do want to look into doing money, but I got a good job, mm-hmm. you know, and like everything's flowing right now. And when it, I, I feel like when the time comes, it'll be right. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like with skating or anything. And, and with our time, what, you know, and to add to what you're saying, with our time with skating, like that was a little, like we were right before that peak, you know what I mean? And like, and we were just starting to not really age out, but you know, for what was going on at the time, you know, right around when two, the mid 2000, 2005 hit, that's a lot of money came in, you know what I mean? And, and realistically, we were we were kind of the quote unquote old dudes, you know what I'm saying? It was that was a young man's game at that point, mm-hmm. and so. And ain't nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? It's like, and I and I think a lot of the younger dudes, they were, you know, they were they were very accepted. They were like, they were liking a lot of our shit, which was dope. You know what I mean? And and we were giving a lot of love back. It wasn't like us, man. We had them hating ass old dudes. You know, them old dudes weren't <laughs> trying to fuck with us, man. I'm serious. They weren't trying to fuck with us. Them old knee sliding ass dudes. Them dudes didn't like us, man. For real. Them dudes did not want to see us prosper and like. I think with us, man, it's like I, I don't really care if people make the money. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. who else is going to get them dudes money? You know what I'm saying? Not them hating ass dudes on the internet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Them dudes don't spend no money anyways. Don't nobody buy skateboards. All them dudes buy shoes and fucking flip them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, them dudes ain't like, yo, if Nigel and them dudes want to make money, man, let them dudes make their money, man, because ain't nobody else going to pay them dudes. And realistically, like, I, I wouldn't want them dudes living like us. Shit, that ain't what you trying to prove. You know what I'm saying? You trying to live six dudes in an apartment, trying to keep it real. Fuck that shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Pay me shit. I wish I could have made some money when I was when I was young. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'd have been sure. straight. For sure. I ain't gonna bullshit. I would have took a Golden Grams fucking sponsor. Y'all bullshitting. Free cereal, free money. Y'all bullshitting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Need that free cereal, baby. So obviously, we're big fans of the whole aesthetic squad. Jimmy G, not Garoppolo. We talking Gorecki. KT, Joey <laughs> Pep. The list goes on. But I worshipped Wu Welsh as a kid, man. Don't forget Johnny uh, Rob, Gay. Rob, we ain't going to quit on getting Yeah, Johnny Gay. The list, like I said, the list goes on. Those are the guys that are actually on the, like, like. Okay. Yeah, if your name's in the ad, you're actually on. <laughs> That's usually how that goes. Can you give us some insight on the greatness that is Rob Welsh, man? The greatness that is Rob Welsh, the greatest white man ever. <laughs> the most iconic. The most he iconic white man ever. He's like the fucking the most iconic man skate photo as well. The switch crooks with the fucking big gray track pants and the white dudes love that shit, dude. He's the white dudes love that dude. He's like the fucking. He's like new kids on the block for fucking skateboarders. They like. <laughs> I swear to God, y'all act like little girls. Y'all like fucking Rob Welsh. I swear to God, dude could fuck you guys' mom. I swear to God, oh he could, dude. God. You guys love that dude. You guys love. He's like Yo, fucking he's Rob Welsh skateboarding, dude. He is. <laughs> Everybody loves that dude. He's the most loved white dude in the world, next to Donald hey. Trump. Psych. Now Russ is great, man. I fucking love that dude. He's um he's always been a good friend, man. He's fucking I don't know, man. I I I just can't really put into words. He's a great guy, man. He's always kept in contact. He's always checked in, like you know, just all through the years. He's just always been a good friend, man. You know, like and traveling with him is. (laughs) 
That dude's an idiot. <laughs> 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 yeah, one time we were in fucking, where were we at, dude? We were in fucking one of those places in Germany where there's like three black people. And and he's like, <laughs> and, and we were watching soccer. And, and I don't know what. <laughs> he was like, he just started yelling at some dudes playing soccer. He's like, you know we won the war. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. So <laughs> Holy shit. No, he was wasted. He was wasted. And so and so so these dudes try to fight us, we get kicked out of the bar. And and then uh we remember it's Welsh's birthday, so we start beating up Welsh. And uh <laughs> Yeah, we start beating up we start beating up Welsh in the uh in the hotel and all these people in the hotel see us are these two black dudes with dreadlocks beating up this tall white dude. And so I guess they called the, the the German police who kicked the door in with like like obviously like some machine gun looking shit and like laid us all out in the bed and Rob <laughs> Rob was singing Living in America at the top of his lungs. <laughs> wow. That dude is the greatest American hero ever. Like <laughs> I swear to God, dude. Oh. He's like, he's like fucking Bruce Springsteen and fucking Jason Jesse all in one. I, he's like the fucking greatest white dude ever. Everyone loves that dude. I don't know why, man. Like, he's just like a cool dude, though. He's a relatable dude, you know. And he made sweatpants look good for all white people. So you guys should be thankful. <laughs> he did. He made sweatpants look legit, and he made that stupid tank top with a t-shirt look good for you guys too. You should be thankful for your Lord and Savior, Rob Welsh, the Lord of all white people. <laughs> Brian Wenning was the sweatpants god, in my opinion, but uh, Rob Welsh was up there too. I always, I keep, I always forget about that dude, man. I don't know why I forget about that dude. Who's he remind me of? You know, <laughs> is it like Frankie Villani, like the Mexican Brian Wenning? <laughs> 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 He is. He's like a real tricky dude. <laughs> what? They skate so different. That's it's crazy. That's accurate in my eyes. They, <laughs> they both. They both got big ham hock legs. So. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I've never seen Brian Wenning's legs. Does, does he bet, have shorts clips? I bet they look like Frankie Villani's arms. <laughs> Big dude, dude, he is. That's a big oh, boy. Yeah, That's yeah. a big boy, dude. That dude can skate too. I'm not. I'm not clowning. That's a big dude. No, yeah, he can skate. That dude can skate That's for sure. That dude can ollie higher than me, and he's big. Did Wenning have clips with shorts? Now I'm. I think I can picture some, but I can't. Remember. We should find some winning clip with. You. <laughs> yeah. we Back find- nose grind, nolly heel, maybe. Uh, anyways, Whew. you're insane. Appreciate the laughs. Um, speaking of travels uh, we heard you fell off a bridge in Prague and suffered some pretty serious injuries man what was the story there Um, I was drunk and fell off a bridge and Rob Welsh fell on top of me and then uh, so the story goes like this I we went to Prague for the World Cup in 2000, 2000, 2001, one of the two. I can't remember because I fell on my fucking head. So we go to Prague. 
We're at the World Cup, and the first day of the World Cup, I try to do some ridiculous blunt slide and smash my head. And so the day before I fell on my head, I was at the hospital with a concussion, <laughs> and I couldn't skate the contest. So the night that I get the concussion, we all go to casino, and I win a ton of money. And I was like, well, fuck it, dude. I can't skate. We're all just going to get wasted the whole time. And, um, and so that night, we all go out and get wasted. And <laughs> Kyle Barra would tell you this. He probably won't tell you this now because, I don't, you know, I don't know his wife and kid. So Kyle Barra and all those guys were upstairs. And, like, and, at the, and at the hotel downstairs, you could literally call call girls. Like they would break. <laughs> so my, me being the rich pimp that I was, I was like, I'm getting all you guys late. And Kyle Barra was probably all like 15 or 16 or some shit at the time. <laughs> And I, I called these hookers up to the room for him. <laughs> he was absolutely terrified. Dude I, had a, dude, I had like so much money. And so the next day we go to the contest and I was like, beer's on me. We were all getting wasted. And I, and I, I remember this moment vividly. I think it was Rick McCrank grabbed the mic and said, Keenan Milton passed away. And so the, con- the contest just shut down, completely shut down, like, like, Completely just shut down. And so everyone, it started pouring raining. And the hotel we were staying in was across the canal. And so everyone with common sense was taking shuttles back. And me and my good buddy Rob, we would always, <laughs> me and Rob used to get drunk and like everyone thought we were going to fight because we were always, we were always about to almost fight. But then we'd be like, I love you, man. And so this is another instant and everyone thought we were going to fight, but it was pouring rain. And they're like, just leave them in the rain. So they left us there. And so we started walking back, and last thing, I don't remember anything. Um, I just woke up like a day or two later in ICU, and um, Joey was holding my hand, and I was like, I was like, what the fuck is this guy holding my hand for? Like, I didn't know what was going on, you know what I mean? Like, I had no idea, like, where I was, what was going on. The doctor told me that um, I'd fallen off a bridge, and I didn't know what was going on, Um, so... By the time uh, Barrett had stayed there with us, Barrett, the the team manager, filmer for aesthetics, he stayed the entire time. I'll always be thankful for my life for that guy. And so he stayed with us the entire time. And and Welsh, Welsh, when I fell off the bridge, Welsh, um, I guess, fell on top of me. And then I cracked my skull from the top, from like here to my ear. So (laughs) basically my head was cracked like a fucking egg. And Welsh was just holding me in the rain, like fucking crying, like freaking the fuck. Like he didn't know what to do. You know I mean, he had a dead person in his arm. And, and this is the worst part about it. The bridge I fell over was a bridge that everyone was driving across. So, so like the only people, so someone happened to be, um, someone happened to be driving by and, and like, like under the underpass and stopped and called the ambulance. And they wouldn't let Welsh get in the ambulance. I guess he was completely freaking out. And they wouldn't let him in the ambulance with us. I don't remember any of this. And so mind you, this is right after they said that Keenan passed away. So Welsh completely freaked out, drunk, and just like doesn't know what the fuck's going on. He went back to the hotel and everyone in the lobby is fucking bawling and shit. And he's like, Clyde just died too. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, 
everyone just did like like everyone just flew home. Like I guess everyone just flew home and left. And so I woke up in Prague the next day or two, and the same doctor that put the bandage on my head from the concussion the day before was like my fucking doctor again. And he was like, dude, wow. you are the luckiest fucking person I've ever seen in my life. And he told me I had to stay there for like two or three months. And by this time, I was like, dude, I can't fucking stay here. My mom thinks I'm fucking dead. And they were like, all right, you can call your mom. Dude, I had to call my mom, and she was... <laughs> that thing, it was just a fucking nightmare, dude. It was an absolute nightmare. And so I had to sign some paperwork um, because they didn't have the proper medical equipment. It was Prague, so it's you know they just got their independence probably 20, 30 years before. And so... And so they were like, you have to stay here until you heal. Then we can send you to some other places. And I was like, dude, I got to go home. They're like, if you go home, your head's too fragile. It's going to fucking crack like an egg. And I was like, well, I'd rather die on my way home. So I signed like all this fucking paperwork that let that legally let them. They weren't legal. They weren't legally bound right. to me if I died. And so I had to sign all this fucking paperwork and me and Barrett get on a train. We go to uh, Munster, Germany. And by then, dude, I seriously felt like I was going to fucking die. So I started doing all this shit. Like, like I went to the zoo for the first time. I remember like eating veal and like, dude, I was seriously so weak and it lost so much fucking weight. And, uh, and I'd gotten on the plane and they were like, the pressure from the plane's going to make your fucking head crack like an egg. And, uh, and it, luckily it didn't. But what it did do is it, fucking burst the muscle behind my eardrum which gave me Bell's palsy so the entire fucking time I'm flying home my face was stuck like and (laughs) this fucking baby was fucking crying next to me the entire fucking time dude I never forget this shit like like I just couldn't close my eye and this baby was like (laughs) it was like a fucking nightmare and I got home and by the time I got to LA I remember getting to DC and like and uh and I think KT and someone they were like, dude, we're going to we're going to Keenan's funeral, and I was like, I gotta go, I got it. And I, they were like, you can't go, man. You, can't, you gotta go home. They're like, you should go to the hospital here. And I was like, nah, I feel fine. And and I remember saying, I feel fine. And I went to eat a fucking a piece of a whopper, and like that's when I noticed that the side of my face was paralyzed. Like I was completely oh, fucked, shit. dude. Yeah. So I got back to LA, and um. And I just started feeling so terrible that I started walking around my neighborhood and I was going to go to Cedar sinai or so I thought. And luckily, Chris Casey from the Captain and Casey show and uh, my buddy Jason Searcy, who also thought I was fucking dead, they saw me walking down the street and like my head was completely bald. So they just noticed me and they put me in the back of a uh, station wagon and took me to Cedar sinai and I woke up in a fucking... Um, what a cat scan and the dude was like if you would have went home and went to sleep you would have fucking 100 percent died so that was um that was a lot to yeah that was a lot to go through man um i had to go through i had to go through rehab for a couple months i had to tape my eyes shut to go to sleep i was fucked up dude like it's my my face my face is like my hearing still isn't good in this ear like i can kind of hear you in this ear in this headphone but like I can't really hear very well, and like my speech is still like obviously it's very slurred. Slurred sometimes. I see as I say that, like, like I still have a lot of fucked up things from it. I try not to really let it bother me, but um, that that shit not that shit fucked me up, dude. Yeah, I'm very lucky to be here, dude. Like very, very, very lucky to be here. Wow, man. One hundred percent. Yeah, man. That's crazy. 
Yeah, man. Do you wish you'd stayed in Prague longer? Would that have made a difference? Absolutely not, because the first day we got there, some lady came running out of a hair salon, and she wanted to touch my hair because she'd never seen a black person. And I was like, yep, I'm glad we'll be the fuck out of here in two or three days. So, yeah, it was it was weird being in Prague, man, because it was like it wasn't like Prague now, you know, and like and like a lot can change in like, you know, probably 20 years. And like and in that 20 years that I was probably I think they had just gained their independence in like the early 80s. You know what I mean? So like they were just seeing like TV and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like so they probably never seen a black person except for on TV. So she wasn't being like. Like, oh, let me feel your hair. She was just like, what the fuck? You know, like, they never really... And that happens in a lot of places, dude. You know what I mean? Like, that's happened a lot of fucking places, man. Like, you guys be very surprised some of the some of the stories you'd hear from, like, you know, from, from people that want to tell you, from, like, a lot of black skateboarders and shit. Like, you're some weird shit, man. And, like, it just... It, it, it kind of goes to show you how small the world really is sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't, mm-hmm. it's not, the world ain't like the internet, dog. Like, <laughs> yo, at all, man. That shit, at all. Like, just like when I was in Mississippi, man, I thought that shit was gonna, I thought that shit was gonna be like a 3 6 Mafia video. Not at all. About a crazy life, dude. <laughs> Switching, uh, switch gears here a little bit. Uh, what's the story behind Jason Dill getting kicked off 101 boards? I don't, man. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't even really want to comment on Dill. I don't. I don't. Cause I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like one thing. I, I, I'm not. I don't know how to really comment on that because I don't know what happened. You know what I'm saying? Like I do know that Dill got me on 23. You know, and then. When he when he got me on twenty three, like we were still cool then, you know. And I I don't think nothing of him. We still cool as far as I know. But um, one thing he did do is uh, we when we got Anthony on twenty three, is he took Anthony was supposed to come with us to aesthetics. That was like part of the original thing, and then and then Dill like got him on on Alien or some shit. So it all worked out for all it all worked out for everybody involved but i remember at first like that shit was not cool you know what i'm saying we was just like damn dog for real you know what i mean like yeah you know, i understand they was cool and shit you know what i'm saying but you ain't gonna really understand that because a lot of people didn't know anthony at the time too you know what i'm saying like i was saying the other day that uh in the original original uh anthony van england 411 thing I do the intro, but if you watch it, it's not in there no more. Mm. Yeah, dog, it's fucking weird. I'm not in bullshitting, dude. It's fucking weird, yo. So I don't know. I think of them dudes are still cool and shit, and like I'm glad they did what they did, and it all worked out, you know. But at first, it was like I I wasn't really feeling that shit. That shit wasn't cool. But that that's just how heads are, you know what I mean? I'm all about being loyal to people and shit. You know what I mean? Sal was good to me, so why would I do anything to him? You know what I'm saying? He's always been good to me. He took care of me when nobody else really was fucking, you know? Same thing with Jason. You know, he fucked with Jason when nobody was fucking with him. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think Sal, it ain't, this ain't how Sal feels. It's just how I felt. You know what I'm saying? So I just felt he owed Sal a little bit more than that. You know what I mean? He, that man looked out for, for him. Sure. 100%, dog. You always got to, you got to, you can't do that shit that people look out for you. Oh, for sure. Imagine Abe's career 
had he gone to aesthetics. I wonder how that would have panned out. He would have been dressing like Rob Welsh. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what would have happened if he would have ended yeah. up over there. He wouldn't have been oh, on the Osborne oh, show. Shit. I know that much. <laughs> so, yo, growing up, I had a Transworld subscription, early 2000s. I absolutely loved Clyde's Corner. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Always, always getting some, some knowledge back in the day as a youngin. Thank you. We have a section coming later where we talk about what's the most illegal trick. And I happened to find an old Clyde's Corner here where it's uh, 10 topped worst tricks in skateboarding. Absolutely. <laughs> I started that shit. I started that whole <laughs> shit. I just want to read these tricks because it's pretty, it's pretty funny to look back on. A ho-ho. I don't even know what that is. A ho-ho is an is a invert where you, where you like, it's, it's kind of like, picture putting both your hands in the air and ride and like stand on your skateboard like that, but upside down. Oh, okay. You know what oh, I'm saying? Okay, yeah. Handstand. Yeah. It's a yeah, handstand yeah, yeah. with your skateboard on your feet. Okay, that's number one. Number two. Uh, damn, we just had him on last season, but the barley grind. But yeah, 180 to switch. Smith, I, I just, I, aka I, fakey droopy front truck grind. Yeah, I'm. I'm just not with that. <laughs> I, I just, it ain't no. It ain't no hit on Donnie. Donnie's my boy. I just. I do not like that trick. Like that's just. Unfortunately, it's named after him. You know what I'm saying? But you know what's funny is he's not really the, like, you know, a lot of cats like Rick Abacetta had a really dope, you know, that was his trick in the old New Deal videos. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was his trick back in the day. You know, but a lot of people just like, you know how cats started doing it all weird and shit? Like, like it was like a lazy front side 180 nose grind. Like, and yeah, yeah. if you watch the old Rick Abacetta shit, that shit looked dope. And a lot of the one, like, I like the one Donnie did, too. But I'm not, like, I'm not a fan of that trick. Like, that's the, one of them tricks everybody shouldn't do. How about that? Yeah. Donnie doesn't proper, but, yeah, I feel you. Uh, you got Pole Jam on here, which is pretty controversial, I got to say. Ooh. I don't give a fuck about no pole in the street, dog. Like, <laughs> 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 fuck out of here with that shit. Okay, number four. Frontside 180 flips, so frontside flips, but that don't, don't flip. flip. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that, that, <laughs> okay. that Josh Casper trick. Yeah, that trick's terrible. And we got another one here that is a shot at one of our close homies that we worship growing up. Nolly front foot flip. Grant Patterson's Oof. got something to say about that. Oh man, that that's I, I Prod was on those too. That's that. Hey, that's absolutely cool. If you guys like that trick, I hate that trick. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't like them. I don't like them. But I love Grant and uh, Did he run for blind? the way he does them. Yeah, yeah. He for blind. does them like a a nollie and then a late kickflip. Like he actually flicks his foot. He doesn't like kick it down. So those can look at it. But I like P Rod's like the one he did at the uh, the old fucking like the first one he did at SLS. Remember he did like a nollie crook and a nollie he nollie the. Fuck that. Yeah, I, I don't like those. I don't like those. That's too much for me. Oh, really? Uh, all right. Move, moving on. This one's hilarious. Wall rides on trees, specifically. <laughs> Which ones? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A tree wall ride. Yes. Wall yeah. rides on trees. <laughs> hey, dude's trying to get slick and, and like and, and take a cool photo. I see that shit. <laughs> all right. Number seven. Blunt to backside disaster on a mini ramp. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible trick. <laughs> it's like, damn, dude, just turn. You might as well just turn all the way in. Oh, shit. All right. Then 
Yeah, I feel you. It's like a blunt to rock fakies, same shit. Dude, it is. It's a, it's a bad way to scratch a back. It's a bad way to scratch a graphic. Yeah. Okay. This one is pretty, you know, universally accepted. Benny Hanna at yeah, number eight. Awesome. At number nine, another controversial one. We got Ollie Front Foot Impossible. Oh, Front Foot. My bad. I thought it was just impossible. No, oh, no. Hell no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's hey, a terrible <laughs> Impossible. All right, my bad, my bad. That shit looks like one of them Frito twist. <laughs> and then the last one, you're gonna have to explain this one because a baton twirl. I don't even know what the hell that is. What is that? What's it called when you pop your board in your hand, twirl that bitch like a baton, and jump off the wall like Mike Jackson? I don't oh, know either. Shit. But damn, <laughs> this is the worst trick in the world. What is that trick called anyway? I asked at least 15 people and no one knew. They just kept calling it that trick where you spin your board sporadically and jump off the wall. If anyone knows the name of this horrible trick, please email me ASAP. <laughs> that is the best thing. Dude, I used to love writing that shit. You know why? Because I didn't have an email. They used to get all that shit at three. They didn't get all that shit at transfer. They try to send that shit to me. They don't send that shit to me. Yo. Oh, my God. Dude, that's, that's so. I want to. I want to find all that old stuff too, man. That was. You know what's funny is um, is like a lot of that stuff, man. Is um, cause a huge, like I used to be a huge fan of uh, of um, Kurt Vonnegut when I was a kid. Like probably a little too young. Um, I was a huge Kurt Vonnegut fan. I think I really got into him because of Julian Stranger. I was, a, you know, I was always a huge Julian Stranger fan. So, you know, saying that to say this, like I would do a lot of my writing wasted. You know, because that was kind of my muse. That was his thing. So, like, going back and looking at a lot of old stuff since I quit drinking is fucking hilarious, dude. <laughs> God damn. Oh, yo. That was pretty fun times. <laughs> I made fun of Mike Blaley once, and I thought he was going to be so fucking pissed, dude. And, like, he just came skating across the course. I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. He's like, hey, man. <laughs> yeah, I saw you, bro. He's like, you're a pretty funny guy. I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Like, I was just not, I was just not in the mood to be fucking Jeez. wrestling around with Mike Vallely. You know what I'm saying? Did you just hear DMX music in your head coming, and you, and it was about to go down. It's like somebody <laughs> get this dude a fucking V8, Jesus. So, Clyde, you're back in Florida now. Things are uh, full circle, man. What brought you back to Florida, and what's next for Clyde Singleton? What brought me back to Florida? Um, I want to be near my mom. I got tired of like trying to cruise around and find a place to live. I was living up north for a while. And then uh, I came back here last year around this time. And it just wasn't like, I just felt like I wasn't, it wasn't right for me to live here. So I took a job as a chef at a, a country club up in Virginia. I did that for a few months and uh, got really bored just living in the woods by myself. Then took a job in Mississippi, and that was like, I was like, dude, fuck this. I'm going home. You know what I mean? There was just, there's nothing like being home, man. You know what I mean? Like, I got back here. I got back here and got right back in the saddle. You know, it was like, and, and that's what I needed. Yeah, I was, you know, for a long time, I was trying to find these jobs and be around these fucking people that just, it was bullshit. You know, I was just kind of chasing money and not figuring out where I wanted to be happy at. So I came home where I'm close to my mom. And then I hooked up with the boys at Plus, and they got a new skate shop going, a skate park going, I'm sorry, Barnett Plaza. And I got a fucking sweet, I got a sweet ass uh, chef gig at this place, Swine and Sons. 
And um, yeah, man, everything worked out. Like within two or three weeks, man, I got a place, I got a sweet job. And this is where I'm from, man. This is where I need to be. You know what I mean? Like get in where you fit in, where they always say, and this is where I fit in at. You know, I came back here, it was nothing but love. And it wasn't like everywhere else. I wasn't trying to figure out everybody and you know what I mean? I ain't got time for that shit, man. I'm a grown ass man. I ain't trying to walk up in no job. I ain't trying to be your friend and shit. I mean, I'm trying to work. Yeah. So I can do that here. You know, I can do that here. And then, um, and then actually, I was gonna go to Tampa, and I stayed here an extra day. I was like, you know, let me see what uh, because my friend had his uh, he had his wife, he had his wife and a, a business owner. He was like, man, I know a perfect place for you. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna see what they say the next day. And luckily, I stayed. Because his job is great, and um, but the reason I was going to Tampa, and I can tell you guys this, is that um, I haven't even told anyone really, is I'd be hosting the contest again this year. Sick. Oh shit. yeah, they Sick. asked me to come back this year, so I'd be doing that. Um, I think it's like the 30th anniversary of the park and some a bunch of crazy shit. That's so yeah, I'd be doing that this year. So um, it, it all worked out perfectly. You know what I mean? Like Paul Zitzer hit me up right before I was gonna come home and. I was like, man, there's no better reason to go home. So I knew I was going to do that back in December. And uh, I was just like, let me figure out where I want to live. And I had a couple of leads in Orlando. And I just ended up staying, man. Skate scene's good here. People are good here. It's, it's a little expensive, but it's cool. You know, it's not Jacksonville, which I I miss, but I don't miss. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's close enough to Tampa. It's close enough to Jacksonville. It's close enough to the beach. And it's it's just, you know, it's perfect, man. It's got a cool little skate community. That's all I need, man. I don't need much. I'm not 23 no more, man. I don't need, I don't need all that shit. I ain't going to the club and shit. The chirps are going to be real, yo. I don't know if the, the kids these days can handle some Clyde Singleton <laughs> on the lake, man. They're they about to out. find out. It's going to be me and Tim O'Connor, so they can blame it on him. Oh, let's go. <laughs> hey, uh, that's incredible. Actually, yeah, Tim stays chirping, so they're ready. But that one-two punch is going to be intense. You know, what's really funny is last time, last year I went to Tampa and it was, uh, I went by myself. It was the first time I'd ever been to Tampa sober in my entire life, dude. And it was a completely different eye-opening experience, man. I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that shit was weird as fuck, dude. You know what I mean? Like, not, not a bad weird, but it was just like, you see it in different eyes. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you usually go there, you're like, it's a couple days, I'd spend my couple days there fucked up. You know, that was the MO. You know, it's like, oh, there's a contest, but shit, there's a bigger party. You know, and so uh, it was very, it, yeah, you know what I mean? So it was, yeah. it was very interesting to get there, man. And um, it was very interesting to get there and, like, actually watch the contest. And you know what I'm saying? And remember seeing people and remember the conversations. And, you know, it was good. Like, ate, ate fucking food and normal shit for once. You know what I'm saying? Like, got in my own car and left when I wanted to. Like, that shit, that shit was cool. Like, oh, yeah, that that shit was real cool. So, it was my first contest, man. I felt like it was a, uh, I felt like a kid, man. It was like my, I felt like, damn, contests are cool, you know. I was like, the skating was great. It was dope, dude. It was really dope, man. Just to sit back and watch it and like, be a fucking, you know, be a spectator. That's what's so hell yeah. Yo, 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 it's Rapid Fire with the Ghost. And this week, we brought to you by my favorite Spitfire Wheels. Spitfire just teamed up with Max Palmer on two new releases. Catch Max in his new Spitfire part, Spiked Off, 
and check out his new pro wheel release. Max personally did the art for his Pro Edition 99D Formula 4 conical fulls that are 53 and 55 millimeters. So what are you waiting for? Take in that video part, watch Max fly all over New York City, then you know what time it is. Roll into blue tile, nine times humidity, lost art, black hole, or your favorite local shop to pick up some of Max's new wheels or any Spitfire wheels. And don't forget to tell him the bun sent you. All right, Clyde, it's that time, my guy. You ready for some explosive rapid fire, my dude? <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. Let's do it. Favorite skater? Sal Barbier. Favorite video? Oh, questionable. Favorite video part? Uh, Javante Turner, Love Child. Favorite style? Julian Stranger, by far. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? Sean Sheffy. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Mark Suchu or Nigel Houston. Favorite trick? Anything frontside half cab. Hardest trick for you? Fucking nollie heel flip. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's not very black of you, man. Hey, look, I look, I was black before y'all little weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, by the way. Most illegal trick. Jesus. Uh, Mongo push. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a trick. Favorite? Most illegal trick. Hold on. Let me, let me think of that. Most illegal trick. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Um, anything body variable. No, 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 no. I don't know. I can't think of one. Tree wall ride. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Sticking with it. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Uh, probably fakie crook by accident. Worst trend you've been a part of? Oh, boy. Dye my hair blonde. Hey, and the shit fell out. So that's, that's what I get. You weren't feeling that Simon Phoenix lifestyle? <laughs> After I watched that movie, that was the one time I wanted to dye my hair blonde. I, I did it because Sal had his hair like that. And uh, Sal, and Sal and Alfonso had their hair. And I was like, dog, I got to get that. And that shit looked so cool. And I did it at John Montessi's house. And it fucking fried my hair out. I was so pissed. Fuck. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Oh, probably a Bob Burnquist do the switch, the loop switch. That was gnarly. Wow. Holy fuck. What's the one trick that got away? Oh, fuck. The fakey crooked hubba. Just because yeah. I never went back and tried it again. What's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have too many friends like that, I would say. My friend, my... <laughs> My buddy Eric Gilliard used to always try to 360 flip nose slide the handrail before he would even like, it, it was the greatest thing in the fucking world. Like he would just pull up to the rail and try to 360 flip nose slide and he had absolutely no chance of doing it, but he would, every fucking time we went to this rail, it was like, oh. like clockwork. I fucking love him to death, but it's, it's like an inside joke with me and my friends. Yo, I love that. That's like, everyone's, everyone's got that one homie who's like imagination's a little bigger than their talent. <laughs> And he was good, too, which was fucking weird. He was really good, but there was absolutely no way he was ever doing this trick. <laughs> What's the last new trick you learned? Um, oh, I know. Uh, Susky grinds and bowls. Oh, sick. Oh, nice. Dream job after skating. I have one now. It's a chef. <laughs> Wait, hell yeah. Yeah, hey, I've been a chef for 12 years. Favorite local brand? <laughs> the fucking 
Dalai Lama. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite local skater? Evan Smith by far. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? Oh, brother. Um, Troop. (laughs) Okay. I'm not kidding. I rode for Troop, dude. I don't even know what that is. Exactly. I'll take your word for it. it. Troop was an old 80s uh, footwear brand, and then they tried to come back out. And like the like 2005 and dude the shit looked like like Ed Hardy and <laughs> I caught a couple checks though. Did you ride for it in 2005? Yeah, this is around 2000. Actually, it's around 2006 because I worked at Brooklyn Projects at the time. Favorite teammate ever? Kevin Taylor. Worst teammate ever? I once had to slap Chad Fernandez up. <laughs> <laughs> what? Tell <laughs> us why. Tell us why, please. What? What? I'm dead serious. Yeah, why? Why did you have to do there? that, man? I had, I, we, were, we were young. Like, we were NSA finals. I forgot what it was. It was like probably something about shotgun or something. I, thought, I don't know. I thought, maybe he thought I was a little dude. I don't fucking know. That shit didn't end well. <laughs> he was cool, though. <laughs> oh, Worst company. Shit. You guys remember counterfeit skateboards? No, you don't remember counterfeit skateboards. Counterfeit no. skateboards. That was uh, Caswell Berry's first sponsor. Damn. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a skateboard company that made knockoffs of everyone's skateboards. That was like, it was called counterfeit. Yeah, dude, I swear to God. Wow. They even had a fucking 7-Eleven skateboard. Honestly, it was, it was kind of like, it was weird, dude, but it was called counterfeit skateboards. I remember Caswell Berry being on him as a kid. He had like a ponytail and shit. I remember that shit. <laughs> Shout out Caswell. Caswell yes, Barrett's dope as fuck, dude. Yeah, he's the goat. Well, uh, he's great. Worst trend. Well, I mean, people can have their favorites. It's fine. No, we just make fun of Donald because he overuses that term. But move, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly why. Worst trend. Worst trend. Oh, worst trend. White dudes with corn rolls. <laughs> <laughs> And fucking uh, Bo Derek looking dudes. The fuck is that shit? Uh, that is terrible. <laughs> That's oh, terrible. Dude. I wish I wish Dono had done that just so I could laugh even harder. Right. <laughs> he kept it clean. Dodge that one, uh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Donovan. You're still you're still invited to the barbecue. <laughs> did, did Rob Welsh ever do that? Rob Welsh never. I don't think Rob Welsh never had. Uh, no, he never had plats. No, 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 no. He did have some gold teeth, though. Yeah. If he had done it, I would have. Yo, didn't? Yo, Caswell did, speaking of Caswell. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that was after, but if Wu Welsh had done it, there would have been a lot more white boys with cornrows, man. That shit just <laughs> looks terrible. You look like the fucking predator. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Worst style. Worst style on a skateboard. Let me think. Uh, probably that dude from the old pal videos, Daniel Gesman or whatever, that ballet dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That dude. <laughs> Last person you want on the sesh. Last person I want on the sesh? I hate annoying ass sidekick dudes. You know what I'm saying? That shit annoys me. I'm not I'm not kidding, dog. Like like you bring your homie with you, that's like bringing your girl with you and shit. Like ain't no saying it, you know what I mean? Ain't no sense of bring your homie with you skating. Ain't, he ain't skating. You know what I'm saying? That shit's annoying. I don't, I don't like them people. I really don't. I don't fuck with people that don't skate like that. I don't like. I don't like extra people. <laughs> I would say Ricky Oyola because he might call me the N word, but that might be a little harsh. <laughs>
Oh, I know, I know, I know who I'd hate to be in a sesh. The dude that used to own eye level, and only some people are gonna get that. Damn it, man. <laughs> yeah, only some people are gonna get that. All right, y'all. That's gonna wrap up our interview with Clyde. Man, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure. Hey, man, thank you guys for having me, man. Um, hey, tell everyone to listen to my fucking podcast. I'm about to have Chuck Treese and a bunch of bunch of people on there. I think I'm trying to get Stevie on for next month. Yeah, plug your shit, dog. Yeah, everybody listen to, everybody listen to WCRP on skateboarding. It has the history heroes and misadventures of skateboarding. It can be found on all local digital streaming platforms. I'm not on YouTube because I don't want to look at you ugly motherfuckers and hear y'all's comments. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Nah, but yeah, man. Thank you guys so much for having me on, man. This is this has been great. Hopefully it uh hopefully it sounds good. Hell yeah, Clyde. Thank yes, you. Sir. Welcome back to the post office, brought to you by our good friends over at Dickie Skateboarding. Quality workwear since 1922. From the work site to the streets, nobody keeps you fitted like Dickies ghost another full inbox let's kick it off baby you've got mail all right, all right first up we got an email from nate milstein hey safe and donovan thanks for all the content over the years i've listened to you guys for countless hours and couldn't be a bigger fan Sorry for the novel length email, Seifa, and I apologize in advance for the potential downer of an email on what is usually an upbeat segment. That being said, I wanted to hear your thoughts on how the skate industry handled the Corey Kennedy P-Stone tragedy. I personally found it weird that it was hardly talked about. It kind of felt taboo to even mention Corey's name for the past few years. Obviously, this was a very traumatic and serious topic, so it makes sense people don't want to talk about it. I do, however, think it's hard for a community to come to grips with something or learn from tragedy if it's never touched on. To me, it's unfortunate that the only source we hear about this situation is through a local Washington newspaper or from YouTube comments and not directly from the people who knew both Corey and P-Stone. I feel like there should probably be some medium between the skate industry pretending nothing happened and YouTube, Instagram comments arguing whether or not Corey should be held responsible. Seems like skateboarding as a whole often turns its head away from tough topics. Corey is one of my favorites, and I just want to hear more about him from the community. What do y'all think? Thanks for the email, Nate. And I'm in no way coming at you, but I don't believe the skate industry is pretending that nothing happened. I think it was one of the saddest incidents of all time. Corey and P-Stone obviously beloved by everyone in skateboarding and nowadays with the internet and the way information just travels so fast people feel like they're entitled to know every little detail about everybody's life and i actually applaud the skate community and how they gave corey and p-stone's family a little bit of privacy obviously corey probably felt worse about the situation than anybody could ever have and the fact that he was given the privacy that he was to kind of battle those demons and go through it on his own with obviously his close group of friends probably was the best case scenario ever for him. Sometimes 
things like this are just better left not talked about and to just let people go through it on their own and i think this is this is a case of it nowadays anytime anybody you know anything happens to anyone you immediately just want to know every detail and we shouldn't have the right to have every detail to everyone's life and story and intimate situations just like this it's kind of i'm kind of happy that it was handled the way it was i don't really need to know anything about it that i don't already yeah i couldn't agree more man we live definitely in the era of like give me all the info give it to me right now i want to know who to blame how much to blame them but this is just like you said man a next level tragedy and um yeah i I just echo everything you said basically and in no way are we coming at you nate at all like it's just an automatic thought is to to want to know more you know like obviously that's gone through everybody's head you know like what are the details what really happened you know but looking back at it and you know having seen Corey's had to move on with it in the way he has like i'm just kind of happy that it's gone down the way it was obviously everyone still misses p-stone and just wishes the situation never happened real talk all right next up we've got an email from martin warner camping in calgary bonjour bunt men my lady and i are traveling from philly to calgary this summer to go camping in banff and jasper have you guys ever been to either parks donald seems like a mountain man camping dad <laughs> Great season so far, El Martino. Oh, bro, I, I love this shit. This is just a classic, classic case of uh, Martin judging a book by its cover. Just seeing, I don't know if he saw a picture of you when you had your beard popping or your long hair going or just just assuming you're some type of fucking wilderness junkie yeah. like that couldn't be farther from the truth donovan's the definition of a city boy yeah i've been out i've been out in the backwoods with my man and he can barely handle two mosquitoes man <laughs> we went to my uncle's back in the day to, to help him with uh build a bridge like at his cottage and we were out in the trees cutting down trees chainsaw vibes and donovan oh. just was struggling so hard uh, <laughs> I was just cracking up. I'm the one who went to summer camps, canoe trips, 10-day canoe trips, portages, all that good stuff, man. You had you had it completely backwards, Martin. And yeah. I have been to Banff, and it's beautiful. You're going to fucking love it. I couldn't wait to get back to the hot tub and the cold pints at your uncle's cottage, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Martin. Maybe I give off those vibes, but I'm absolutely not a mountain man camping dad. I'm going to have to learn to, you know get out there a little bit more with with my son but i'm more of like i'll go to the cottage but the cottage gotta have like a shower and wi-fi you know what i'm saying <laughs> like it's just how it's gotta be for me man i'm down for the cottage but i ain't down Yo. for the roughing it in in any way shape or form bro what a sentence man dono seems like a mountain man camping dad <laughs> <laughs> Woo, i like that shit that's gold. Yeah, you like to fake it, eh? <laughs> Just give off those vibes. Uh, thanks for the laugh. All right, next up, we got an email from Rory White. Yo, what up, Bunt Blazers? Greened out here. Was wondering if you could give me a pro skater, pro athlete equivalent. I'll give you an example. I always thought Costin was the Tiger Woods of skating. Both looks and antics on and off the course or board. 
What? I'll just cost and act like Tiger yeah. anyway. <laughs> Tiger's Costin's so like, a, like mellow. Costin's yeah. just like life of the party, like fucking outgoing, funny dude. Tiger's looks quiet as fuck. I'll say, I don't know, this just popped into my head, but maybe like Pat Bev, Nakel. <laughs> mix right there. Both like really loud and abrasive. Yeah, that's yeah. all I got. And kind of like um, funky steez, you know, but like good, but like funky steez. <laughs> Random one just popped into my head. I just thought about Shane O'Neill for whatever reason. And the NBA equivalent that comes to my mind is Ray Allen. Just methodical about their work, dedicated to the craft like no other. Just fuck i don't want to say robotic in a bad way but they just master the craft to the point where they make it look so effortless ray allen and shane o'neill damn i like that smooth you know Mm -hmm. all right all right next up we've got an email from adela martin hey Safa, dono and ants behind the scenes hope you guys are enjoying the spring glimpses your show is on 24-7 when I'm home, thanks to my skater boyfriend. Your post office beat is now a constant earworm. I get a lot of skate insight from the show, which is useful when I'm socializing with skaters. Having said that, I'm hoping that you guys can provide me with a few skater buzzwords or sayings for when the session's popping and the best I've got to offer are awkward high fives. Thanks for the pod. <laughs> okay, some of... Some classics, maybe if someone does like a really nice looking trick, you can call it butters. We like to throw <laughs> butters around. Um, or bolts. You bolts. can say bolts too. Yeah. Easy bolts. Um, like, if, yeah, that's when someone lands something like, well, you know, there's eight bolts on the board and if they stomp those eight bolts, it's bolts. But like, you could just say that whenever someone does something really clean mm-hmm. and buttery. Or if you see someone, you know, that's really in their bag that day, landing a bunch of tricks in a row, you can tell them that it was light work, light work type of day. Uh, Try and give her one more out of your bag, say. I'd say if you see your boyfriend or anyone on the sesh, just take a, a huge slam or just like look like. They don't know what the hell they're doing. You can just call them a bunter. Oh, and see how they react to that. Yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> Adela, thank you for listening. I appreciate all the female listeners out there, especially dropping in on the post office. Hell yeah. All right, next up, we got an email from Conrad Ash Ashy Knees. I definitely butchered that. Conrad Ashy Knees. Yo, I'm a huge supporter of the pod and love what you guys are doing for the skate community. Getting to hear stories firsthand from all the dopest pros in the game is sick and I always look forward to the next one. Here lately though, some whack shit has been going down in the skate world and it seems like more than ever we need real skaters to call it out. What do you think of YouTubers like Gifted Hater and other guys that call out the bullshit? It's refreshing for me to see people not giving into the whole corporate thing and speaking out on the pros and brands that aren't keeping it real. We got to regulate. Conrad, one thing I can tell you is that rest assured, inside 
your own inner circle and everybody else's own inner circle they're talking shit that's what skaters do baby everyone's talking shit and keeping it real but in skating we just like to do it inside the comfy confines of our own inner circle you know we don't need to spread the hate too far but i do appreciate the youtubers like gifted hater and those guys out there speaking their mind but we do have to stick together in some way or another you know the skaters got to stick together but the shit will be talked let me tell you bro you're just spitting today man uh love it couldn't agree more that's just the way it is man probably not just skating just any fucking little subculture or whatever uh you know you put on that fake smile sometimes and just so everyone can get along what's the point of fucking just pulling up to the skate park and everyone knows that everyone hates everyone and it's just <laughs> we fake as hell shit we fake as yeah, hell man just yeah. fake it keep the vibes light and then mm-hmm. go home call your buddy talk yeah. some shit you know what i'm saying that's just the way it is and that's probably the way it's always gonna be from the beginning of time man yeah we definitely know like when we first dropped the pod and and shots started getting shot like people i swear would get so mad at us when rapid fire wouldn't be like crazy Mm -hmm. it's just like man we can't force people to talk shit like sometimes you get someone go off and it's it's always funny but we also can't expect that all day every day man we gotta we gotta keep it civil out here as well Mm -hmm. there's the skaters out there you know you can mess around with they can take a joke but we don't expect everyone to have that thick skin you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. we we can take a joke we don't mind being the pit of the joke but if someone else doesn't like it yeah we can't expect it of them you know what i mean but bro slap came for you the other day <laughs> i know well I, I i didn't catch any strays on that one i was surprised they always I coming guess. after but, our yo, the, looks yo the, what, like the thing what am i supposed up, to though? look like i know they like they want you to look like fucking brad pitt <laughs> in his like 20s like yeah the f- that, that shit cracked me up. Who who Donald sounds like, and they got who was it? I can't it's remember. Tom Hardy actor, in the movie Warrior, and you know I'm like, <laughs> I was hyped for a sec, and then the scroll I know, and killed then the, me. Bro. I'm like, yo, have y'all seen Donald? It's not he's not really like posting like model pics or anything, but yeah. it's not like he's some ugly dude. He's a good looking man. Like, yo, what the fuck. The other thing, I'm, you know, our classic line. I'm trying to wonder. <laughs> We're seven years deep in this, and people act like they haven't seen who we are yet. Yeah, like, what the, every time a picture of us comes out, they're like, "Oh, I thought that voice was uh, I had the voices mixed up, or I thought he was this." I'm like, "Jesus Christ, man!" I know we we have a book, fucking we Instagram. It's not that hard to see what we look like, and if, we drop if a it's skit me, every season. There's a new dog, skit. If I'm listening to a podcast and like the two hosts, like me and you, are are opinionated and like calling out certain tricks and shit the first thing i'm doing the first episode i'm going to see their video parts and be like are these guys good enough to back up the way they're talking Mm -hmm. you know what i mean just out of curiosity i'm I'm not gonna like well i'm not gonna completely dismiss someone's opinion if they're not good but you gotta have like a certain base level of talent to to talk about talk shit and talk about skating as much as we do so yeah it always does surprise me too when people have never seen us i'm like wow you just listened to us for for years maybe and then like never bothered to check if we can actually skate yeah <laughs> they just trust it but they i went back and looked on slap and the guy who 
who originally posted it saw that we put it on our story and later apologized. I'm like, yo, no apology necessary, man. I'm off for the jokes. I love that. Yeah. Absolutely love that, man. Made me laugh. That's why we posted it. That was who that was Harry Potter, that guy? Uh I can't remember. It was two different ones. Or the fuck the guy from Lord of the Rings. The kid from Shout out to Slap, man. Oh, I think it was the kid from Lord of the Rings. I've been on the slap message board since fucking high school, man. Like 2004 or five or something. Been lurking for years. Shit's Always go there man. for new videos and shit. If I need a last second shout out of the week, yeah. quick browse. You know what I'm saying? Next up, we've got an email from a regular, Marku Berkeley. Thoughts on poutine outside of Quebec? Is poutine a Canadian or a Quebec thing only? You go for the classic or you like to add a little something in there? SLP for life still. Cough race July 9th, Helsinki, Finland. I'm actually... I really only eat poutine if I go to Quebec. And honestly, nowadays, I don't even really eat it. I'm getting a little old. Gotta fucking, you know, take it easy on the, the diet. But if I was to get a poutine, I would just get the classic when I'm in Montreal, for sure. Yeah, same. I don't remember the last time I had it. Don't Definitely don't go out of my way for it. Like... Used to in mm-hmm. the uh, you know early twenties when you're partying, there's like smokes poutineery downtown. So yeah. after the bar, you know what I'm saying sometimes you you just need that in you and then regret it the next day. But yeah, a classic in Montreal can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. Next up, we got an email from Austin Kolb. Yo, if you could go back and give yourself advice as a young skater just starting out, what would that advice be? For me, I'd tell myself to be more patient, slow down, and focus. As a teenager, I thought skating more and more automatically meant I would get better. As an adult, I'm 32 now and slowly getting back into skating. I've learned quality skate time over quantity can be more beneficial. Also, shout out to Sam Burton in San Antonio. He's the homie who got me listening to y'all. Yo, Sam Burton, respect. Keep spreading the good word, my guy. Mm-hmm. The big old women down in San Antonio. Oh, my. you know Thank they stopped. You. They told Charles Barkley to stop saying that. He hasn't said it in years. Oh, tragically, fuck. don't come for me. Um, <laughs> advice. One thing I would tell myself, and I think I've told this story before. Uh, a wise man told me this, Colin Passy. I grew up skating with guys like Cody, Safe, uh, Morgan, who are just like very technically skilled. And when they warm up, they go through a routine of like 50 50, 5-0, 5-0, tailside, like a very regimented warm up where they're doing all their tricks. And not everybody skates like that, you know? And I found myself in my mid to late 20s, like going absolutely insane sometimes, trying to just like get through my warm-up like i would be like stuck on a 50180 or something like spending 30 30 tries on it and just going absolutely berserk because i should be able to do it and i can but i sometimes you don't have to warm up like that you don't have to do all of your tricks every time you skate you know just kind of feel it out feel how the session's going some days some tricks work better than others you know and and move on if something's not working I can't waste my whole session trying one trick just to go crazy and then go home at the end of the day pissed off. I, I found myself <laughs> being able to move on these days. Yeah, yo, it's so funny you say that. Definitely 
I still can be like that, if, especially if I'm like trying to shake off the rust. I'm like, okay, I want to get feel the feeling of landing all my basics or whatever. Uh, but these days, when the skate windows are much shorter, just because like, fuck, we unfortunately don't have the energy to skate for like eight hours a day anymore. Mm-hmm. I got, I'm like the move on thing is super clutch now. I just I don't want to get stuck on a trick either. Like I'll just flow through it a lot quicker and like now i'm just like yo what what's gonna feel good i want to do like maybe pick like four or five tricks before i even get there like all right i'm gonna i want to land these today just to get the feeling but can't be fucking doing that like robotic warm-up for the most part anymore yeah save your Um, session do yourself a favor and save the session yeah sorry that was donald's though for me uh the main thing, and I try and tell this to any young kids that uh, get hurt these days, I know it sucks, but fucking take your time recovering from injuries. Like, I have the worst ankles, and just my injury history, I've made it so much worse by always rushing back from injuries in the past. Like, I've had three ankle surgeries and more ankle rolls on both sides than I can remember. And at this point, it's just like, it is what it is. My ankles suck. But if I had actually like done the physio and taken like an extra week or two on those first few ankle rolls, I feel like my whole skate life would have been different. But yeah, rushing back from injuries when I was young, I feel like fucked me in a big way. Mm-hmm. And you said it best, quality over quantity, you know, as you, you're getting older, you're not going to feel your best if you're skating on back to back days or three days in a row. Or something like you can take a day off take two days off it doesn't have to be every day i mean obviously if you're on a little skate trip you're gonna want to skate every day and and do what you can to take care of your body when you're doing it but take your days off man let the legs refresh it helps i know isn't it funny like if you skate two or three days in a row the third day you just have no pop whatsoever you can't get on anything or it's like you should have just taken that recovery day skated the next day yeah. That's that's skating in your 30s though. God damn. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we've got an email from Salvador Vasquez. First time, long time listener chiming in one time. Question for both y'all: With every skate video part now available online instantly, would you still buy a physical copy of a video? As myself, I'm more of a physical copy type of guy and occasionally hop on eBay and buy old skate DVDs I grew up watching at the homies' houses. If so, what was the last DVD you guys purchased? Big shout out to the co-workers over at Primitive Skate, the boss man P-Rod, and all the skate homies in the 818-661. Ghosts, next time you're out here skating the Primitive Park, I'll pull up with the Modellos. Much love, Sal. Big Sal in the building. Yeah, I got unfinished business at that blood clot park. Oh, One, yes, I got to beat fucking P-Rod in that damn free throw game that they play down there. Uh, I'm still butthurt. I beat him, and then he was like, oh, no, two times or it doesn't count. And he actually had like a business call with, um, I forget his business partner, but he was there waiting for him in the back room. They, they were supposed to get on a call, and he's like, He's like, hey, I got to finish something out here. It's important. <laughs> and then he be- he wins the next round. It's 1-1. And like now the homie's been waiting for like 20 minutes or something. Played the third game. I was so shocked. 
and yo his intensity intimidated me and i felt i don't know if i already told you the story but you know how like they always talk about like Jordan, most competitive person, not just basketball, anything he does. He's like just psycho competitive. Everyone saw that in the last dance. Mm-hmm. Like Kobe, same thing. You always hear about that with the goats of whatever. Bro, P-Rod was counting my points for me. Like, oh. so he's like, you got three points, right? I'm like, whoa, chill, bro. <laughs> I guess. And like that intensity actually got in my head and I started fucking wobbling and my free throws got wonky and he fucking beat me two games in a row oh when it went on to his call so Crushing. next time i'm gonna be ready channel my inner kobe but he's a fucking kobe fan too and I actually met him so he's probably got that over me but i gotta finish that and then while he was on his call i was trying to switch trade the double and i just got wheel bite a million times and couldn't walk for a week after that so uh back to the last email quantity over quality i fucking dusted myself mm-hmm. but yeah i'll uh give you a shout i actually Don't. agree with you i do i mean as a kid i loved owning physical copies of videos and dvds i couldn't tell you the last one i bought but if i were to buy any it would be the probably the same ones that we spent so much time watching growing up like dying to live yeah right even like fulfill the dream was the first video i ever owned i would love to own a copy of fulfill the dream all the on videos some of the like classic 411s like those were the videos that i owned back in the day yeah i would but i just don't have anything to play them on like if i got a dvd player maybe Mm -hmm. uh i'd I'd get a collection going that's actually a good call it's something i would like to do at some point because there's nothing better than throwing on that DVD or VHS and like seeing it proper, proper quality. Like sometimes the internet just ruins it a little bit, the quality. And uh, the, f- the last one I remember buying, actually don't remember, man. I remember I tried to bl- uh, buy Blue Tiles Baby Blue, but Rob just gave it to me. So that's the last one. I'll, I'll say that one. Classic, epic Toronto skate video. All right, last email for the week coming in from Randy O'Brien. <laughs> oh. I do up the Randy, eh? All right, here we go. Dude, how can you guys even endorse Bastion Salabanzi's new part in the shout out of the week and then call anything illegal on the pod? I love listening to you guys every week and I've been. Uh, and have even been a one-time post office write-in. But fuck, after telling a post office write-in you've never heard of Karayuma, and then endorsing the kookiest brand in the shadow of the week indirectly, you've got me choked. Like, what's illegal then? The team with call-outs in the worst style, worst brand, and let's not forget worst trend category, makes shadow of the week is brutal. I get the seeing someone that we grew up with still killing it is sick part, but the joining the Karayuma brand part is not. Stay consistent, fellas. Donald, do you have have something to say to Randy before I go off on this fool? Randy, man, you're reading too much into it. We always about keep getting them checks. We love Bastion from day one. Absolute killer. If he's on Karayuma, I'm happy for him, dude. Still getting them checks. He's got a family probably. He needs the cash. 
Fuck Karyuma. But Bastion dropped a new part that should be celebrated in skateboarding, man. No matter who it's for. And I think that was the point. Bruv, you said it. Randy, I, I can't believe that you were so choked that you took the time to write in this dusty ass email. Like, I appreciate you as a listener. And uh, thanks for taking the time. But this has got to be one of the worst callouts of all time. Like, I don't know how long you've been skating, but me and Donald have been skating for 20 plus years now. <clears throat> Bastion has been a part of that journey pretty much since the beginning. And he's one of the greatest skateboarders of all time. I don't give a fuck who he rides for shoe wise. I'm, I was just happy to see footage. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that you care that much that you were choked up enough to write in and be all disappointed in us. I don't even think I mentioned the brand in Shadow of the Week. I, I made a I, I made a point not to. I just mm-hmm. said I was happy to see new footage from Bastion. And I think this is an absolutely ridiculous email. Like Dono said, we love Bastion. He came on the pod, gave us his time. He's a fucking mega, mega, mega legend. And the fact that he's still ripping, why the fuck wouldn't we want to see that? Or anyone else for that matter. I don't give a fuck what shoes he's wearing. And uh, like Dono said... He does have a family and the fact that he's still getting his bills paid to skate is a fucking beautiful thing. So uh, I'm going to have to get you to uh, shove this email up your hoss and try again next time, bro. Randy, this is a simple case of just read between the lines, player. Some things don't need to be said and this is one of them. Dude, he's got to be young because young people that don't need to fucking pay their own No, he said I get the seeing someone that we grew up with still killing it is sick so he said we so i'm assuming that he's like on that yeah so you know, we he might if he's paying if he's paying his own bills and living on his own and still not understanding that people need to pay their bills to continue to fucking skate for a living mm-hmm. regardless of where the money's coming from like come on deggy grow up a little bit yeah randy man stay consistent <laughs> all right y'all that's gonna wrap Shit. up the post office for this week get the emails and voice notes into the bunt live at gmail.com we love every single one of y'all and want to hear from you especially those ladies out there yo randy if Karyuma offered you 5k a month right now to skateboard would you take it he's too raw man he keeps it street turn it down randy Dude, keep it real bro i real, brother. fucking ride for them in a second. <laughs> <laughs> this is the rundown, the skateboard world source for sports, and it is playoff season. I feel like, man, with the way the seasons have been breaking out, we either hit the start of the playoffs or the very end every year. Obviously, I think we're going to miss the the ends, but we'll we'll see what happens. It is round one of the NBA playoffs kicked off this weekend. We're going to get our predictions for every round one playoff series, starting with, I think, a couple of the more obvious ones in the Eastern Conference, the 76ers and the Nets. Who are you taking? Sixers, keep it moving. That one's easy for both of us. Next up, the Celtics and the Hawks. Do the Hawks hand the chance? Uh, that's probably going to be the 
quick um wait who, who are the bucks playing the heat yeah the hawks and celtics might be the quickest series mm-hmm. that, that's a sweep right there man a highly contested series we just finished watching game one Knicks cavaliers Donovan Mitchell came back to take the lead for a split second at the end of the fourth quarter, but Brunson, Hart, Mitchell Robinson, and Randall were just too much. The offensive rebounding of Mitchell Robinson proved to be extremely beneficial in that game one. Where where are you going with this one, bro? That that's the biggest the biggest toss up in the East by far. I want the Cavs to win, but. Bruv, watching them lose game one after having all that momentum and coming back and then bruv down the stretch how are you gonna let jetty osman take like that entire run to win the game was all buckets in his face josh i Hart think they wanted him. that though they wanted osman on brunson and obviously got switched off a couple times on the heart as well but i think that's the matchup they were looking for i know but i bro he got straight cooked every bucket that gave them the lead back and like extended the lead was on him i didn't get it mm-hmm. i think he's too slow to stay in front of brunson and he bro Hart cooked him hit, hit that step back three and then brunson just i swear he looked at him like yo this is barbecue chicken like it's Dude. a fucking rap out here yeah uh i think they got to switch that up put a guard on him man i don't know why they didn't have Garland or, or Donovan on him just to, to give him a different look. The and Knicks like, were getting second and third chances down the stretch in that fourth quarter, man. The rebounding yeah, was for the weird, Cavs man. was terrible. You got the I don't Twin know towers. what Allen and Mobley, Mobley played yeah. terribly. I don't think it can get any worse for Mobley. I think the Cavaliers will have a rebound. But I think that Brunson's... You know, his long run last year in the playoffs is proving he's got ice water in the veins. And Brunson is exactly what the doctor ordered down there in New York. And I'm going with the Knicks on this one, man. They stole home court in game one. Once they get back to Madison Square Garden, that place is going to be rocking, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, just to mix it up, I'm going to go with the Cavs. They win game two, even it up. And then... uh they win in six or seven. Maybe I'll say Cavs in seven back at home. Oh, damn. Yeah, I could see this one being a long one. But and then the fucking, um, the only, the thing, I like the Cavs starters, but I I swear I've said this early in the regular season. Like, they remind me of the Memphis Grizzlies in the grit and grind era when they were just missing a Kyle Korver. They had such a nice defensive team. Conley, Tony Allen, Marcus Saul, Zebo, and they were just missing that sniper. Bro, you see a coral like 0 for 4 from 3 to start. I didn't see his final line, but the guys got wide open. Like, they just need one sniper. Karis Levert's not a consistent enough three point shooter to be that guy either. Mm-hmm. Just too many bricks from 3. Next year, they need to fucking prioritize. Get like. Just go get fucking Duncan Robinson who's rotting on the heat bench. Like, just go get one person like that, man. Mm-hmm. Fuck. They really rely on Donovan Mitchell to to do a lot of that scoring. Yeah. And then last but not least, Bucks and Heat. The Heat are very far removed from that finals appearance in the bubble, man. I mean, what? You, last year they were like a three away from... Everyone says from going to the finals, the game wouldn't have been over, but like a three away from making it very interesting and having a great shot to get to the finals. 
but bruv, from preseason on, like their team was already old and like barely. I don't even know how they made that run in the conference finals. Like Jimmy Butler put them on his back. I never had any hopes for the Heat this year, man. They're too old. They need to mix it up. They need to go get Dame or something. Yeah. So that's an easy Bucks call. Oh uh, yeah, maybe maybe I'll give the Heat one game, Bucks and five, but wouldn't be surprised if they get swept. Okay. Moving over to the West, probably what's going to be one of the most competitive series. There's a couple in the West. We'll start with the Warriors and Kings, man. Two teams that you know you got you had some fantasy players on those teams. Bruv, we're uh, well. I don't know if you're watching it right now. I'm watching it right now. It's halftime. Warriors are up six, and I'm fucking loving what I'm seeing, man. This is going to be an epic, epic series. Two high-scoring offenses, and I just couldn't be happier to see better late than never. Warriors getting their their full roster back. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Shipped out Wiseman, you dusty ass. I wish you nothing but the best going forward, but I just I'm so happy GP2's back. And they started DiVincenzo. And then to have Jordan Poole, GP2, and Wiggins coming off your bench, that's just almost not fair. Man. Uh, I saw Wiggins make it an early jumper. Confidence is still there. GP2 doing his thing. Bruh, I'm very excited. The West is, uh, is wide open. And for a while there, it was looking like the Warriors wouldn't have a shot. And maybe this is premature, but... I was picking Phoenix to come out of the West, but now I might lean with my heart, man. My brain Whoa. is saying Phoenix. My heart is saying Warriors. Let's fucking go. How do you go against the defending champions who got healthy at the right time? Like, because you just, it just can't seemed count like, this team out. Yeah, it just seemed too late, man. Wiggins didn't even play in the regular season for the last two months. I know. GP2 and he was a huge, came off an injury huge part last year. Yeah, GP2 was injured, like just started playing a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Fucking Jordan Poole's been so up and down. Uh, Clay was looking like ass to start the season. Every every fucking other day, it was something about Clay feeling disrespected or someone saying he's not the same. Barkley, whoever, he's been on a tear the last like maybe two months, man. But this he looks better than he did last year. This could be the definition of a get right series. If they go into yeah. this series against the Kings team. Young, explosive, firing on all cylinders, scoring the most points since a Denver team 50 years ago or whatever it is, and they beat this Kings team. Think about the confidence. Bro, this is all, yeah, number one offense, but I think they had one of the, I think they have the worst defense of any team that made the playoffs. They had a a horrible defense. That's exactly what the Warriors need to get their confidence up is just seeing the ball go through the bucket. Oh, man. And yo, you know I, you know I've been fucking with the Kings since I know. before the season started. So I wish this was a second round matchup mm-hmm. because I feel like the Kings deserve a even playoff though they win. probably wouldn't want to admit it. Like the season's a success for the Kings if they get to the second round, in my opinion. Anything more is just like a bonus. But I hate, I hate that my my Warriors got to fucking do them dirty in round one. We'll see. I, w- I just wish it was round two because then the Kings could be, you know, happy on the inside and the Warriors could keep it yeah. going and get that next ring. Mm-hmm. So Golden State it is? Golden State. 
in six, maybe seven. But yeah, their road record kind of scares me still. But it's the playoffs, so hopefully they flip yeah. that switch. They need to steal one of these first two. Next up, we got the Lakers and the Grizzlies. The media machine for the last two and a half weeks has been pushing the Lakers and building them up and making them feel better than ever, man. How do you feel about the <laughs> Lakers going into this Grizzlies series? When the Lakers are right, I mean, they've had like a top two defense since uh, the trade deadline, I think. When they're right and rested, they're a scary team. But I'm just banking on age and attrition, getting the best of them at some point. This is the series I care about the least. We've talked about it. The Grizzlies went from like the darling of the NBA last yeah. year to like most hated real quick. It's that so ugly stepson. I'm rooting for the the Grizzlies, but I'll probably be rooting against them the rest of the way if they do make it past. It's just you you know I can't. I hate to see LeBron win. So I I hate the LeBron stress and I I thought I was in the clear months ago and they fucking crawled back into it and now I got to deal with another LeBron stressful playoff run cuz He's just been known to fucking make it to the finals. <laughs> Makes so, your life hell, man. Would they face Phoenix in round two if they win? I'm not sure if they, they go bracket style in the NBA or if they reseed. No, no, it's bracket style. But yeah, you know, you know I love me some Desmond Bain. Yeah, so round two would be Warriors against yeah, Lakers the winner. or Memphis. Oh. Or sorry, Sacker Warriors. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Damn, man. Both brackets are fucking tough. Yeah. So you're sticking with Memphis? Sticking with Memphis in Memphis in six, man. Fuck the war- or Lakers. I'm going with LA. I think they get it done. The veterans been building towards this. LeBron James is rested. AD looks excited. They added some depth to the lineup at the trade deadline. LA. Lays a beating on Dylan Brooks, man. <laughs> the funny thing is I want the, the Grizzlies to lose so bad. Just They just need to beat the Lakers first for me. And then, dude, Ja saying like he's not worried about anyone in the West. Oh. And only like looking at Boston. I'm like, someone needs to fucking humble these fools, man. So uh, if the Warriors make it past... Oh, that would be must-see TV. If the Warriors win round one... Warriors get to the against Grizzlies. Lakers. Whoever yeah, the Warriors, Warriors would play because they have beef Warriors with, against or LeBron, history with yeah. both, though. Yeah, but like Warriors against LeBron again oh. would be epic in the second round, but Warriors Grizz round that would two be after all this so shit much last beef. year. Holy shit. Either way, basically, I'm just rooting for the Warriors because now that I'm seeing the bracket, <laughs> we need either of those second round matchups. Yeah. Let's go Nuggets T Wolves next. Uh, Nuggets, let's go. Easy. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Nugs as well. No Jaden McDaniels, man. Come on, bro. Smarten up. They need you. That was so stupid. And then last but not least, which will be must-see TV. What's the status on Paul George? Last I heard from Brian Windhorse, he's not expected to play in round one, which just that could have been the matchup of round one like i think Cavs, knicks warriors kings but i think uh with paul george that would have been one of the most star-studded yep. matchups and fucking epic 
And those goddamn clippers, man. They're always missing one or the other, and it fucking sucks, man. They just can't get it done. I'm going with Suns. I'm also taking the Suns to win the whole thing. It's it's time. I know you hate CP3 for what he did, and, and nobody likes that, but I just... A team knocking on the door for a long time now and adding KD. If, if all goes well and they stay healthy, they're going to get the Bro, job imagine, done, man. Imagine Suns Warriors Conference Finals. Dude, there's too many epic potential matchups in the West. I love it. Yeah. So are you you're going with the Suns or you think Kawhi can get the job done solo? No, Suns all day. I mean, don't don't be disrespecting. They, got, they still got some dudes, man. Norm Powell. Russ, fucking Zubots, Marcus Morris. I'm just naming the Eric Gordon. I don't know. They, they've got a lot of dudes that are average, but that's good in the playoffs when you when you got a like just a consistent rotation of of good players. There's no like huge drop offs anywhere. But yeah, fuck Paul George, man. Get better soon. Yeah, that would have been great, man. So that's it for the NBA round one. Absolutely looking forward to it. Haven't watched this little basketball in any regular season in the last probably five years, but absolutely pumped for the playoffs. That being said, I have watched more NHL than ever. I've been all in on the NHL this year. Absolutely love it. Seifa has probably watched how many minutes in total of hockey this year? Um, then we watched a couple of minutes in um, when we were in Buffalo, and then they were losing. And I think you were like, "Why would you even? Why would you do this to yourself to Revigs?" Because he wanted to watch the Leafs, mm-hmm. and you were just like, "We're not doing this to ourselves as Leafs fans. Turn it off. Let's focus on these beers and hit the bar." <laughs> we had to keep it moving in Buffalo. We were there for one thing and one thing only. But the Leafs actually came back and won that game. Um, oh shit. So let's get it started. In the East, I'm going to do a quick rundown of each team. I'll give you one little maybe fact. The Boston Bruins versus the Florida Panthers. The Boston Bruins just got through probably the best season in NHL history. I can't recall if they got the final win that made it the best, but by far head and shoulders above anyone else in the NHL this season. I'm going to go Boston over the Florida Panthers. No, but you got to... Bro, you can't tell me stuff like that because it's going to seem like cheating, but you got to let me go first, first of all. Like, I got to pick first, but don't give me any, like, <laughs> crazy stats that would point me in either direction because I was going to say Boston yeah, regardless because okay. I was just listening to Bill Simmons' pod and he had his dad on, and his dad was just saying how it's, like, his maybe arguably his favorite Boston Bruins team of all time. Oh, they're so, incredible. They, they switched from like a defensive grinded out 2-1 win team to like opening up the offense. So I was going with Boston anyways. They probably also have the best, some of the best defense in the league too. And they'll also, they'll fight anybody. It's a crazy team over there. At the beginning of the year, some analysts were saying they could miss the playoffs and the way they've, wow. they've just been unstoppable. Next up in the East, our Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know where I'm going with this. We talked a little bit about it today. It's our time, baby. Uh, is this the year? You know what? I'll let you have it. I'm going with the Tampa Bay oh Lightning. Oh, my God. The this curse continues fucking... for all you suckers out here in Toronto. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Next up, 
the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Islanders. You pick first. I don't know if Cody listens to the rundown, but if he does, You're in trouble. I'm expecting a phone call. He's going to yell at me for that. Sorry, say that again. The Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Islanders. You know what? I love me some New York, man. Let's fucking go, Islanders. The New York Islanders snuck into the playoffs with one of the wild card positions. The Carolina Hurricanes, I'm going with them. Fuck, dude. I just licked my microphone by accident. That was disgusting. (laughs) That's staying in there. Next up, the New Jersey Devils and the New York Rangers. The Turnpike Series or whatever they call it, baby. I already know. Bro, you know I'm Devils all day, every day, other than the Montreal Canadiens. Let's go, Devils. Devils the Devils in, are a far five, cry from man. the team Fuck. you love with Broder, Sakura, Eliash. But they got a new wave of studs. They had a hell of a year. But the New York Rangers are just primed to, to steamroll the, the young Devils. I'm going with the Rangers. <laughs> Moving to the Western Conference, the Las Vegas Golden Knights and the Winnipeg Jets. Who are you taking? Ooh, damn. I like the Golden Knights since day one. What did I used to call them? The Black Knights or something? Yeah. (laughs) And then they went, remember? And then they went to the fucking finals and lost. God damn it. But shit, I don't want to shit on Canada. But you know what? I'm going to stay loyal to my Golden Knights, man. Let's go. I don't think an expansion team has had the amount of success that the Vegas Golden Knights have had in their first few years. It's been truly astonishing what they've accomplished. Obviously, no cup, but close every year, in the playoffs every year, making noise, making big trades, always doing their thing. I'm going to go with the upset and say that Winnipeg gets it done. Oh, okay. Next up, the Oilers and the Los Angeles Kings. Oh my god, bro. All my teams are in it this year. Don't forget, I'm all about the Kings as well. You know me. I've got about seven or eight franchises I root for in every league. Let's fucking go. LA Kings, baby. As the The Sacramento Kings go down by 10. But I'm going to go with the Oilers. Generational player, Connor McDavid. They got Leon Dreisel. Probably the best two players in the league. Revamped decor. They got some depth. Nugent Hopkins having a career year. I'm sticking with the Oilers and Canada. They get the job done. The defending Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche, and the brand new Seattle Kraken. I remember the Colorado Avalanche from when I was a kid. Name what a was player. That one guy's name. Lude always used to say his name. Uh, Peter fuck. Forsberg. A Forsberg. A Forsberg. Hell of a player. Yeah, that's a blessed name. I'm going to go with the Avalanche, man. I'm sticking with the Avalanche, too. Nathan McKinnon gets the job done. And last but not least, the Dallas Stars and Davis Torgerson's Minnesota Wild. Oh, shit. Wait, who was the guy on Dallas back when around the Forsberg days? That's Mike Medano. Oh, Medano. (laughs) A legend. Uh, shit, man. Do I want to shit on Davis right here, right now? 
nah 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 let's go minnesota let's fucking do this man davis my boy my guy he was mad at me because i forgot to mention him in the zion interview because he was actually in on that round of golf with gage <laughs> and he holed out at his first eagle of his life Damn. i should say this in the intro so the whole world could hear it but davis love you that eagle was incredible and it was crazy because I can't remember on what hole or whatever, like a hole or two before that, he's like, yeah, I've never had an eagle in my life. And I was like, oh shit, like me neither. But obviously I just started playing and the man fucking got an eagle like within like 15, 20 minutes of telling me that it was insane. Shout out to Davis, Minnesota Wild. We getting out of round one, baby. Oh, this is probably one of the tougher calls to make. Dallas had a nice little run in the playoffs last year. This is a really a coin toss series. I like what Dallas has done. I like the forwards, but I'd rather cheer with my boy Davis as well. I'll go Minnesota. Right, you got all those written down so you can tally up when I destroy you? I got these all written down, NBA and NHL. We're going to tally them up and let you guys know who has the bigger brain and who is the bigger mountain man camping dad inside Studio E? <laughs> it's going to be me. Any last words for the rundown? To whoever said Dono is a camping dad, this man, don't forget, was the one who said he would fight the zombies with Antoine <laughs> Dixon and Mike V. Well, I said I would hit the forest with Nora and Jeff Rowley. <laughs> and build a new car. And survive, colony. baby. Yeah. Well, I got news for you. I'm on my way to winning my first poll ever, Backtail Shove, a very elegant wife. That's the one you marry, baby. That's the one you start a family with. Backtail Shoves, take them anywhere. Wow, we still got, there's still plenty of hours left on this poll. Josh Clark. Those grand revert. Let's go, baby. Disappointed in you, dog. We'll catch you all next week. <laughs>